we go. Here we go. We're, we're actually recording we're now. We've been like chatting for an hour already. And yeah, that's uh, classic. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've done 20 minutes and hidden fucking hit record for fuck's sake. Drew, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. Well, we pretty much do um, a, a Nikki Smash show pretty much like every two or three days. Yeah. And I've already drank my coffee, which is a fucking fail, man. That's a fail. That's why I made a tea. I was going to have coffee, but the problem is when I have coffee, too much coffee, I'll be like, like that, all buzzing all the time. Let's keep it, you know, let's keep it rock, British. Let's keep it rock and roll, like decaf yeah. tea, please. Like, you know. You're on decaf tea. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I drink decaf tea just because I'm a coffee fiend. And I like, I really am like in the morning, if I don't have a coffee, I'm not a good person. I'm not a good person at the moment. <laughs> like Kate's like, Kate walks in the room, like shaking with the coffee pot, like, don't, please drink it. Don't please awake drink the it. beast. Don't awake the beast. <laughs> and then I have it. I'm like, what's that? And I you know, have the coffee. I'm like, thank you. you know. It's like one of those cartoons, you know, when um, like there's a pie on the windowsill yeah. and like, it'll be like Tom and Jerry or something. And then he'll smell it, but he'll still be asleep. So he'll be like smelling. Go, yeah. You yeah. see the, the 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 thing, the the smell, you know, and then yeah. he'll, he'll float to the float to the smell. That's kind of <laughs> like uh, you with coffee in the morning. Kate's like brewing it in in the oh, kitchen, yeah. going like fucking hell. I hope he, hope, like, hope this works. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a non. Yeah, like I'm not really a morning person. Well, like most musicians, to be honest. <sighs> yeah, uh, and that's you know that's you sort of get used to it when you're on tour, when you're, you know what it's like. You just you're buzzing after the gig, you can't get to sleep, so you might as well have a few beers or whatever, or just before you know it's two in the morning and then you're like, right, and you try and go to bed. So you go to bed and then you don't wake up till 10 in the morning or something. And, mm. then, and, and when it becomes routine, especially on like bigger tours, longer tours and things like that, um, you, you just get into that routine and you sort of have a go at yourself because you're like, oh, I'm really lazy, but you're not, it's just your job is different and it's just switches you know you just switch a pattern that's what it's just like in. switching time zones really, yeah you just it? switch you, know? you just go a bit nocturnal that's all it is mm, yeah uh, totally. and um so when i came off tour it's it's funny but you but now we've not been touring for like a year or something you know we've been trying to you know we always set our alarms in the morning like half seven eight o'clock just get up you know and especially like if i've been doing a day job you know, which everyone's had to suddenly, you know, watching every musician become a delivery driver is just, you know, just like bloody hell. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's what it is, you know, and I've been doing bits and bobs like that every now and again, but I haven't had, I've had, I haven't had much this year because again, back to the pandemic, it's like everything closes down. Um, and, um, you know, you have to get your body clock back to a, a sensible time. So, um, but mm. still even getting up in the morning. But anyway, going back to why I drink decaf tea, it's just because I drink a lot of hot drinks during the day. And if I just pounded coffee all day, I'd be absolutely flying. And on top of that, if you're gonna drink tea, that's really caffeinated tea. Like Is people it? don't realize, yeah, like normal tea, it's like really heavily, it's heavily caffeinated. And I really notice that if I drink a cup of tea, it's just like, full. So me and Kate, like we literally got separate tea things like one's decaf and one's one's normal and one's the musicians pile and the other well, especially the... late at night like i try not to drink caffeine post midday i might sometimes have a cheap... caffeine lasts like 12 to 15 hours this in your is, system yeah. this is why people yeah. have like really bad like sleeping problems yeah uh, i drink chamomile tea before i go to bed and that all stems from touring i had like really bad insomnia once on tour and it stayed with me and it is for whatever reason 
it has stayed with me since that one episode. And I was on tours in Europe, and three days in, mate, I was like, I am, I haven't slept. I don't know how to get over this. And it's the only time I've taken sleeping tablets like that because I was in Barcelona and the only thing I saw was a venue and a pharmacy. Figure that one out. And maybe yeah, exactly. an Ibis, an Ibis. <laughs> budget. Yeah. Fucking Ibis, yeah. Fucking Ibis, yeah. mate. Yeah. Spent, spent my lives in Ibis and travel lodges, you know. Yeah, you've seen uh, you've seen uh, one, you've seen them all. <laughs> oh, mate, I, there was a point. I don't know, I don't know if we were sort of friends at the time, but I don't think so, but... I, when I was on tour, I kept taking pictures. If you go through my Instagram or Facebook, I keep taking a picture of that um, in the travel lodge. The painting. A, <laughs> mate, mate, honestly, that painting with the red, no one knows what it is. No one knows I, what it I, is, but the commission. And I emailed them. I emailed them. I was like, what is this? Because, you know, is it a balloon? Is it And they answered me and they were like, travel lodge got back to me. And they were like, it's supposed to be abstract art. So, you, you know, you... You make it up yourself. Like I was like, that's not the answer I want. Is it a balloon or is it a cherry? You know, I just, and then you just go into that mode where you're like, oh God, like, you know. <laughs> oh man, I remember yeah, the same thing. Like um, we, we called up Travelodge and kind of said, listen, um, can you, can you do us a deal for like 10 shows? Yeah. Yeah. And um they were like, not really, but we can give you a coupon, <laughs> a discount code type of thing. Oh, there you, you go. Know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, thank you very much. And we pretty much had the identical room, that same layout. Because the thing is, there's only three of us. Yeah. You know, and uh, we weren't taking anything extra for quite a long time. And <laughs> when you're in kind of like this family room. <laughs> oh, so that's sorry. You, you just went those Oh, sorry. The Rocket Dolls were always in like a family room because there's only three of us. So there's like a yeah. bed and two singles. But great, great idea being a trio, dude, because because you don't need to get a splitter van. You can just get the three in the front. Someone yeah. can drive on the side. That's the only problem. As soon as you get a four, which is normal, like pretty much having four people in the band, it, it becomes, mate, you don't see you don't see trios anymore, do you? Good old solid power trios. I haven't seen I haven't seen any for a long time. Well, yeah. And the or thing... usually if the band is like that, the singer-guitarist, like yeah. in situations where, um, you know, you're, you're the extra guitarist, like, you know, or whatever it is. So you don't see, like, Green Days anymore. Like, I mean, even they take out extra guitar players now, but, like, you don't They've see... They've got, like, keyboard players and all sorts of shit. It's the same with Foo Fighters, man. It's like they used to be a four-piece Started off as a four-piece, yeah. They're now a nine-piece band. They've got, like, a... I don't... Yeah, they've become... Have you heard the new record? Yeah, and... Before we go into it, oh, okay. Yeah. Before we go into it, I would like to say this on it: if it didn't have a Foo Fighters tag on it, it'd be a good record. Okay, that's an interesting spin on it, mate. To be honest, because I know what you mean. It's because, like, for me, right? Like, as we both did, right? I was introduced to Foo Fighters. Um. Because I was born in '86, so I kind of wasn't around really. To yeah, you just missed the start. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wasn't yeah, old too, enough to yeah. kind of grasp it, you know. Yeah. I, I started playing guitar on my tenth birthday, so that's '96. So pretty much, so as Colin and Shake came out, I think. So it was '97. '97. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I did my first gig at um, age 11, and then I was because I started playing bass. Mm. I had all the older kids going, "Can you just?" at the school gig you know can you play bass so i ended up playing bass on like everyone's song you know like this little kid in like an ls 
two-piece tracksuit yeah. and some adidas campus like playing rock <laughs> yeah you know so yeah i was introduced to colin the shape and the first song i heard was i think was hey johnny park oh that's a great song ah oh, dude they don't so, play that anymore they didn't play any of those songs anymore don't play it man it's i've seen like... the Foo, i've seen the Foo fighters live twice Same. No, three times in my life and thank god i saw them in 2000 at brixton and they were still kind of <laughs> still say like a new band they weren't really a new band like they weren't that big then like brixton i mean like christ if i could tell up brixton I'd, that's my well, goal brixton, you know <laughs> brixton, wasn't, brixton wasn't classed as big then though well it was brixton's always been it's one of my favorite venues of all time it's, the, sta it's the standard band, yeah. isn't it it's, it's, like the the sta it's the one where you go like if i could set up brixton that'd be amazing I've done it. Yeah. uh yeah um anyway but i saw them i was 17 so it was 2000s and there's a nothing left to lose tour now nothing left to lose is my favorite album of theirs because oh, it's mellow album. but it's 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 heavy but it's mellow at the same it's i love you know we talk about it all the time the... do you know that album they didn't do anything standing up that's that album yeah nothing else like he did the vocals whole... like this just sat in yeah, his chair he, just every like, that's every sounds... every take from bass guitar the lot was all done sat down because he wanted yeah. it to feel like that it's feel a bit lazy yeah it was all done on tape i think and um, I think he did some of the drums on that record as well, Dave Grohl. I don't think Taylor Hawkins did all the drums. But um, they've recorded that in his home studio, didn't they? He built a studio in his, in his house because yeah. he's a multi-millionaire, so he can. Of course. But um, he, um, I remember that album. That was, that's my college record because I went to college. I started college in 1999. And I did 1999 to 2000, so 16 to 18. And I had some of the best years of my life there because of the music around at the time. God, yeah start of like it was the start of new metal i don't know why people give people i don't know why new met people give new metal shit because i think it was great i think i would last, kill, I would, kill for, I would kill for something like that again do you know what i mean just it was the last rock um rock genre of any kind that actually yeah, it was, smashed it? the charts and everyone yeah. it didn't matter if you were black white yellow fat thin or whatever creepy yeah everyone was, was at a great a, time a new metal show just going this is I gave great it, i gave it shit at the time like lincoln park so i was like oh boy bands you know but only because i genuinely believe we were just given so much great music like even now i went back to like puddle of mud like that album and it control it's just like that is a great record that first their first two albums from puddle of mud great album fucking great every song andy wallace dude mixed by andy wallace ten thousand dollars a track bro <laughs> no he's not yeah i called up ace and i was like do you know andy wallace still because you know um andy wallace did the third skunk record yeah and i was just kind of like you know like all right ace how's it going Are you still in contact with andy not wallace? 250 a track then like most people no no he said um he was like yeah man uh last time i uh spoke to him he was doing mixes uh i think he was doing saying like his stat his entry rate was 10 grand a song yeah, but if you've mixed Nevermind, mate, you can do what you want from there. Have you on. heard the Butch Fig mix compared to the Andy, Andy Wallace mix? Yeah, they did it on YouTube, yeah. yeah. It's like night and day. Yeah. That album wouldn't have been that good. If it... It's quite, um, it's a bit more room in it and stuff. But I like that. But, you know, we'll come into that in a minute. Like talking about, because last night, me and Mark, we tied up the, the, the track, our single that comes out next month. Oh, sick. Did it like this. And he, you can get a piece of software called Audio Lab or Audio Wave. Yeah, and you can just stream. do it in real time. Oh my god! And I was like, why don't we just do this? And he said, that's a really good idea. I said, do you do that? He goes, yeah. I said, Mark, I said, why don't we just do that? And he's like, great idea. And we had a really nice chat. And actually, we just tied it all up in about forty minutes because it was just little things. And then I could actually talk to him and express my 
you know, the need for a certain thing and a certain yeah, Can you make the snare more pah rather than... You know what we did, mate, in the end? Because I sent him my snare drum in the end, just my trigger sort of sound that we could, you know... I said, look, I said, the only thing that's bothering me really is this. I put in a third guitar track, mate. I put a mezzo just straight down the middle. And it just sounds of course, yeah. huge. Um, and um, he was like, yeah, good shout. I said, you know, you don't have to do it for all the tracks, but at least if you've got that option to do it. And he's a, mate, he's probably the nicest bloke I've ever had to deal with, like in terms of this type of thing, like mixing stuff. He's so chilled. And he'd give you advice and be like, you know, do that, maybe do that. And I was trying to explain. It's really hard because I've got, you know, like we all have, like when we were writing, We've got a sound in our head, mm. and like you know, it's this sound. And now I'm getting into mixing and you know all that kind of stuff. It's like you know that I know that's you know that that sound. And I sent him some reference tracks, and then what I ended up doing was just sending him my snare drum that I just did. I said, "Look, you might not like it, but I said, can you just humour me?" And we put it in, and he went, "That's really good." Like he said, "That'll work really well," but like. And he blended in with his snare. So it's like a stack snare. Oh, brilliant. Like, there you go. He said, oh, yeah, it's like a faster attack, just like a crack, like a, you know, just yeah. that. So I was like, there we More go. More stone it, temple it pilots, track, please. Yeah. yeah. And it made the track go from there to like there in about two, like two seconds. I said, oh. but do you get where I'm after? I said, so I said, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to, I think it was a slate trigger sample as you know, we all do, you know. Oh, dude, slate is the most like. I said, I said, I, I made this joke before. Stephen Slate's a dude, man. I've got Slate. loads of these drum programs, so and I've got, I've got a few different ones. But I really like Slate for some reason. Um, it sounds like drums, not like something that sounds like drums. It sounds like an actual. You drum. could kind of completely replace your whole kit, and no one would ever know. I was doing, I, I was doing some work on my new is. stuff with that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I was doing some work with um, the drummer Paul White, who's work, who's drumming on my new stuff, right? Mm -hmm. He was in uh, Defiled, and he's in Bootyard Bandits and all sorts of things. Um, sick, sick drummer. And um, he, I sent him a track, and he sent it back to me. And um, I was like, dude, that sounds sick. I mean, how did you track that? And he's like, oh, that's all. <laughs> that's uh, me, Stephen Slate programmer. It sounded like yeah. a real dude. I actually was like, shit, dude, look, you did that quick. Like, you turned, you recorded that and sent it back round in the day. And he was like, I... no, I just... Like, I see. I'm a I'm a big fan of the end result. I'm not same. into the way it's recorded. Nope. If it sounds the same at the end, I don't care. And I have a, and it's really funny. Like I I've battled that with people quite a lot, where it's like I think there is something to be said. Like I remember I was chatting with Mark last night about it, going like, I think if you get it right at the source, you're more likely to get a better sound. You can use the drum yeah. sounds, but say like if you're just on a budget, and you know. And you want to do it a certain way, but you look, you look at the pros, man. Every time I go on YouTube and look at someone doing drums, like top, top, I'm talking like the top, top of the top guys, they literally replace or use Everything. samples to enhance or it's just normal. And to sit there and go like, you know, I think apart from color and the shape because there's no there's nothing on that well it's a different era as well yeah apparently there's no um compression on the drums yeah there's there isn't I, i've we I've were talking about that Chris last about night that. as well yeah. for some we were yeah, like, like me and me, me and mark we were like and he said mark was like no there is he said whether it was like a bus compressor or something just uh and also don't forget it was oh, yeah yeah that's it i think chris and said it in the warren hewitt thing you can yes. just smack it to tape Slam and, it, and it and it naturally kind of just goes and it, it gives that kind of you just got to use the gain 
you know, and just he like Chris Sheldon's mate, you know, that's what they did back then. They use all these weird trickery to essentially what a plugin can do, but they had to kind of manually create figure that it. out themselves and yeah. like well how are we going to do this it's like well we're going to have to reroute it through this and you know it takes about a week to do a snare drum but the end result is that but i mean triggering has been around for a long time i think people it's around in the 80s man like yeah. listen to kickstart and um, listen to um girls what? girls girls album that i'm sorry whole, but those snare drums are too consistent like they're just yeah, too just... <laughs> yeah it's just crack i've got it's a bob rock um uh easy drummer um because bob rock mixed that and produced it I've yeah. got a Bob Rock uh, Easy Drummer mix pack, and it's just this fucking huge. It's got something called hybrid plate, or it's got like a. It just sounds like the Black Album. It's like, you know, just like wow. But the only thing I will say with the Slate stuff, the transients are really good. It's not so oh crikey, you know. It's like it just. I don't know. It just feels a bit. Feels a bit better. I just I yeah. I'm gonna buy that I think I think out of all of them I think the slate ones are really good but there's the Nolly stuff's great the GGG modern and massive uh, yeah. that's his drum program but that seems to be like the way for everyone's just on the Nolly road at the moment and everyone's like yeah it is really good but the problem it's is amazing like, everyone sounds the same like you know yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say yeah the and, thing it, is... and it's a certain type of music like he's really he's amazing he's oh, absolutely dude, he's sick and I sick. love watching his mix stuff. But he really slams it, like he slams it all through, like the bus compressor. But that's just that's just his type type of music, you know. And that's he's incredible at. It. He's done, and it's that type of, you know. Again, sorry, we were talking about last night, like real amps versus because I've you know used plugins on this record. And I said the next album I'm using my head. I don't mind using virtual cabs because he was saying the torpedo stuff's really good. And he's got oh, some it's good sick, it's that. sick. Yeah. yeah, but as long as I'm using like. It's committing to sound is is what people don't do. We've spoken about that loads. Of yeah, times loads. And Mark said the same. He said, "Yeah, like you know, find your sound, the sound you like, use it. Yeah, like, yeah. don't don't be like, oh, actually, afterwards, oh, I'm going to completely change the amp sound because the plugin reacts differently. You know, and it's it, it's I don't mind plugins for like compressors and you know doing all that kind of stuff because, but I mean, just the general." That you, your solid foundation should be the sound you like, and don't change it. You know. Yeah, I, I I was I've been very spoiled. In yeah, that, yeah. In, in that stuff, um, uh, because mind you, I have I've done a couple of albums in big studios, like you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, God, yeah. good fun. The ball and chain is uh, sending me some important message. There you go. Cut that bit out. Yeah, cut, <laughs> cut, cut the bit out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I've been very spoiled, you know, mm. and I'm well aware of that. But the thing is, though, like, what's to my advantage is that I didn't just sit there on my phone twiddling Facebook. I was just there, like, taking it in, like a fucking hawk, just mm. looking at everything, you know. Yeah. You know, like when um, when you see the like the the plugin stuff for real. You, know, you mean the hardware? You mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. Sorry, yeah, the hardware for real, like, like a real Poltec. Like yeah, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm I'm so fucking fortunate. Like I've been I've tracked all my albums in British Grove Studios. Studios, you know. And the last one I did the bass and we did the bass and guitars in there. And in fact, the drums and the bass are recorded live on the last one. Oh, cool. Know. Yeah, so it does. It doesn't, it doesn't it, sound it. I like it. Sounds like you've 
like that's that I, in a good way i mean like it sounds so tight like do you know what i mean like you would have yeah. thought it would have been like chop 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 well yeah. i think uh benj and joe they actually went and rehearsed the album that's amazing without, without me so they had the guide tracks that we'd made yeah and i think they did like a six hour rehearsal like two or three days before so they kind of treated it like being on tour so oh know, that's cool so like they rehearsed it like more before they tracked it so it was just like going through the motions had you had you played those songs live before no we didn't play a single one of them sometimes live. that helps i find like play it live get it all out first and see how it works and then and then go to the studio because bands yeah. don't do that anymore like they don't test their material out live i actually i lie actually we went out with massive wagons and um, oh, cool. did you yeah, we toured a massive they're huge, wagons. Aren't they? They're massive. Yeah, now. they're massive now. We, we yeah, that was a, quite literally massive. <laughs> quite literally massive. They're not wagons. small wagons anymore. No, no. Uh, th they got the band name from Big Tits. <laughs> I think. I think it was some chick at the bar, and Buzz was like, "You've got massive wagons." You know. That's so, it. That's the band name. We're going with that. We're, we're going with that. Yeah, that's, that's just a great <laughs> rock and roll band name for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know, like perfect. Yeah. You know, it's not like, yeah, well, I was. Um, uh, you know, smoking some weird stuff in India, and I came up with this. No, it's just like she's got big tits. They're massive wagons. Brilliant, fucking love That's that. Talking about know. Um, yeah. So we were lucky. We were on their kind of like hybrid tour from their last album into their new one. And because we were on the same management label at the time, obviously we like we were like, can we? You know, we got an album coming out. Be really good. You know, none none of their fans liked us because we're like opening in drop B. <laughs> yeah. And they're all in like, you know, standard uh, A chord and all that, you know, and uh, we just came in. I don't think any of their fans really got us. <laughs> they're just like, what's this? I can hear pianos, but there's no piano player on the, <laughs> on the thing because we play with track and click and stuff and have in-ears and stuff, you know. So yeah. um, people were like, I remember someone commenting halfway through the tour and like the new wave of classic rock going like, what does everyone think about bands that have laptops and all this stuff? And someone's like, oh, I saw a band recently use it and I didn't think it was very good. There was a mysterious piano that came out nowhere. And I'm like, well, the only tour around at the moment is ours. So I think you're talking about us. Yeah. Like, well, I was like, you know, when you go and see Motley Crue and Def Leppard, do you think that's all real, do you? Yeah. Like, no, it's not, mate. Like... You go and have a look at the fucking Mac system behind it where like mate, he's miming all his vocals there, yeah it's like they're all miming yeah. their People vocals the old legend bands it's all well, it's, the, it's the difference isn't it between like i'm not miming by the way just to clarify <laughs> yeah no it's fine no it's fine the difference between um it's entertainment isn't it it's an entertainment industry but I, I i see the point with rock bands rock i think rock bands get the stick of it because that's the whole point isn't it? you're a live rock band yeah um i've done it a couple of times but again only for key stuff or like a, a pad and i you know where it's just a couple of songs where i'm like you oh, know we do need that pad chord movement otherwise it sounds a bit empty and weird i certainly i don't do it for anything else or bvs or anything but it's it's um there's only that but you know it's we are had people weird enjoying stuff. themselves are people there to, i right, mean the, there you go yeah you know i mean like people kiss have been getting the grief about that haven't they recently do you know what i mean it's like Paul's oh well you can mind. see he doesn't even have his bass plugged in you know we played with um yeah. uh, reckless love once years and years ago you know that swedish like metal band and oh, like the God. bass player went on stage and didn't even plug his bass in because <laughs> he was fucked so it's just like not even trying to hide it <laughs> what he was just miming it was just miming but like he didn't even have his bass plugged in 
that see to me that's like a step too far it's just like come on man like he was obviously drunk and stuff but it's like you're, taking, you what, the, you're taking the piss dude there's a way of doing it. my friend my friends um it's a bit of a weird story this like it might go a bit i try not to it might go a bit dark but um a friend sense. of mine a friend of mine passed away oh, uh, a few years ago really like one of my best mates and um is that steve from sondora yeah yeah my, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And he was he, a lovely guy Oh, you knew him, did you? Did you know? Yeah, I played. Yeah, he's, he's an Andover times. lad. We went to school together and stuff. Right. Yeah. And I've known Steve for years. Like that was really sudden, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I was out with him. I was out with him on the. I was. We went out on. Oh God, when was it? So I just moved home. I just broke up with my girlfriend at the time. Well, I was going through a bit of a weird phase anyway, or whatever. But I came home. I moved home. Moved back to my mum, mum and dad. About five, four. It's about five years ago, actually. Yeah, I think they posted something about it the other day, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. So, um, and then we went out on Thursday, the Thursday to see. So me, me, Steve, and Dave, our friend Dave, who Dave's one of my best mates, lives up the road. Uh, he's an amazing drummer. Uh, we had a band together called Power Funk Trio, and we used to do all these covers. And that was a trio. That was Sick. great. And Dave used to sing and drum. He's an amazing personality. But anyway, um, and I went to see. I went to see Steve. He messaged me. He's like, oh, do you coming home Thursday? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, what do you want to do? He goes, do you want to go and see Dave at uh, our old school, do Grease? I said, yeah, sure. It was like the kids' version of Grease because our, our old school used to do really cool productions of, of musicals and stuff. Oh, sick. He did that. And then he was like, oh, do you come out tomorrow? And I ended up going back up to London. And then, I, and then he said, oh, do you want to come out Saturday? So, I, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, let's go out Saturday night together. It's cool. So we went out Saturday. And uh, we had an amazing night, and uh, we went home and got a taxi, taxi back together. And he goes, "Yeah, I'll see you next." He goes, "I'll message you," and he messaged me on the Monday, and um, and I didn't hear from him again. And then someone said, and I was going to teach, and he died on Tuesday. So it was like really, it was just really like the worst, just threw me, just absolutely threw me, you know, just the whole thing, you know, it was just like it just destroyed me like really and 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 a lot of us you know like we've got this big friendship group you know and and down here and and it was just like what you know and you know i was paul bearer at his funeral and stuff like that and it was just it was just a really shit year because i was going through like this mad like breakup and and having like that as well you know yeah. like the death of your really close friend and it's just it's weird man like you know anyway but um he he while we were out i think it was on the thursday i remember i remember him saying to me about for some reason we were talking about this i'm sorry going back to the amp the amp thing um he he was saying um that what bands do um they have a laptop, but it's just a DI signal. So it's not actually the sound of your guitar. You actually have the DI, so and then you run that. It's like reamping. So you record the DI, and then you just shove a jack socket from your laptop into the amp because, and then mic up the amp because he said it. It added a certain. You can still tweak the tone. You can right. drive the amp. Does that make sense? You can drive yeah. the signal into the amp, so it kind of gives a bit more feel. So if you are going to do things like that, you can do it like that. You still got me in clickjack. So when he passed away, uh, we did a memorial gig for him. Actually, I played bass in Sonjura. It was wicked. I had to learn all the tracks. Oh, amazing, man. Uh, it was really good fun. Yeah, I'm surprised you weren't there. I'm surprised you didn't come down. Like, you know, it was a great, an amazing, amazing show, you know, but it was for a very sad thing, you know, but it was it was actually quite, I kind of enjoyed playing bass in his parts, you know. It was, yeah. It was nice, you know, it was a nice sort of tribute to him, you know. Of course, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, um, 
we wanted to play Power Funk Trio. That was our covers band thing. And because we were supposed to play like the carnival that year in Andover and we all got booked to do it. And um, we thought, oh, let's get let's get someone in to play bass, you know, just standing or something, you know, as a tribute to Steve. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to play with anyone else but Steve. And luckily, I've got a live recording of us doing a gig at, do you remember, you know, the, have you played the Purple Turtle in, in Camden before? That's fucking weird you say that because that's where I met the Sondora guys. Yeah, I think, yeah, but I think everyone played there. Like, you're going to see, like, Slaves to Gravity there and stuff like that. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And I played there loads. I've done all days. I've done all days there. And, oh, yeah. That's, it's a tragic Mate. thing that that thing's now just like a coffee shop or some shit. Is it? Is it not a venue anymore? No, I don't think it's a venue, man. Oh, mate. Purple Tower. That was great. I said, love that. that. There's one in Reading as well. There used to be one in Reading. I played there before. It's just a smaller bar, but the one in Camden's great. But, um, and um, luckily, we did um, Powerfunk Trio played there because, um, what's it called? Um, I did a gig for my mates. He used to work for Premier in like the company. And he said, oh, can you play our Christmas do? We're having it there. I said, yeah, sure. So we played it there. And the sound guy, it's all routed for, they. if you pay them, it's like 50 quid or something. Um, they record all your individual stems. So I've got a recording of it. And Richard, bless him. Sorry, Richard's... Um, my brother's, my, my, sorry, my friend's brother. Right. Uh, he's like, he was the one who booked us. He was the head. He was really drunk. And we were like, uh, we don't want to pay 50 quid for our recording. And he was really drunk. And he was like, don't worry about it. And he just got out his money and just like came to a sound engineer. <laughs> I was like, Rich, it's all right. And he was like, you know, he could barely speak. I was like, yeah, yeah fair enough, you know. Yeah. And I'm so glad he did because we got all the stems and it's a, it's a DI signal of Steve's bass. So I've got all his bass tracks like live. So what we did, we took a track and um, on Cubase, you can click track or well, most things now live. You can, it's called beat match or something. So if it yeah, beat swings matching. a bit, you know, if it's moving around, it will find the tech, the tempo. So we did that. So we went on click, had Steve through a laptop going through his bass rig and we played and it was amazing. So it was like, we played our set with Steve, like not our set, but just one song. And That's it's because Steve amazing. had given me the idea to do it. You know, he told me, I was like, what are you want about? Can you do that? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and that was, it, it was really strange. So we've got this kind of recording of us playing with Steve from that particular gig, but we, you know, we're on click track. So we had to do inner monitors. So you're kind of playing to Steve and the click versus playing to the drummer and communicate. But the feel's still there. Yeah, because it's moving, so it still had that sort of yeah. live feel. So it wasn't like, oh god, we've just got like a quantized bass track from the studio. Do you know what I mean? It's it was it was literally him playing live, and and so it felt live, and it was it was such a fitting tribute to him, you know. And I'm so glad we got to do that. You know, it was a lovely send off for the, our little band that we had from, you know, we were 18. You know, yesteryear. We used to just play every year at Christmas or something, or could be, and we used to just sell out that George pub all the time because people would be like, "Yeah, perfect trio," because Dave's like really his personality and stuff. It's we used to play like covers, but in our own way, like it was like a proper original band, like you know, proper heavy band, but do it like we used to do like I don't know what it's like Sledgehammer, but like really like Peter Gabriel, but like real like proper riffs and real funky. I'll have to send you a copy of it. It's yeah, really please do. And man. I'm just That's rinsing. Like, I didn't realise at the time. Like it was just like Shredfest 2000. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, but sometimes you want that, man. It's like I, I, I'm the first guy that goes like, 
you know, like with the art disconnect, right? I was like, oh, I'm not doing any solos on it. Like that was like the only kind of like rule of thumb on that record is like there's no guitar solos. Like it's just not happening. Yeah, but it's like, not. Don't, you don't need it. Like my my album, yeah. not every song's got a solo on it. Yeah, but you can fucking solo. I can't. I'm just a riff. Yeah, guy. I can, <laughs> but I'm I'm not. The, the thing is, that's another thing as well. Like I'm, you know, it's weird. Like I can, I do all this. I'm into my guitarists that are kind of like. I think I'm just into good, like all my favorite guitarists are in bands. You know, I'm not into. Yeah, the... they're not like Virtuo. Virtu, well, Virtu, I suppose they are, aren't they? Like, like going back to like Nuno Betancourt and stuff. You know, it's like they are virtuoso guitarists. It's like the triple threat thing, isn't it? That's what I, I always, you know. But refer, I like. For, for he's a songwriter as well. Do you know what I mean? He's like, he's like Prince. You can write songs, you can play guitar, and you can sing. That's all. If you can do all that, that, and that was always my goal, and produce your own music. You know, yeah. but not just be some like guitar shredder like that's like the worst thing to be like it, i always try and explain that to like students as well i always try and go like you know get your rhythm down first because that was all that's going to do is like enhance your rhythm got me more work than i've oh mate gets me all the work like that, that, that you know, i don't have like... to shred to get me a gig like do you know what i mean yeah, it's exactly. just about knowing how to be in a band and a situation you know it's nothing yeah. to do but trying to explain to people is really yeah. difficult sometimes not everyone gets that no they don't i always thought everyone got that i thought but it's not um and it's that's another you know that's another topic do you know what i mean it's like well where i fit in where i feel i fit in music you know mm. the music i love you know it, it's really i'm a alternative rock grunger yeah same in the man. 90s but yeah, yeah the first music i but i'm a, i'm a huge bon jovi fan like oh, dude, did, I love I love Bon Jovi, man. You know what I mean? I but it, early yeah. earlier Bon Jovi, but like oh, yeah, Richie yeah. Sambora, they're amazing songwriters. Oh, some amazing man. solo the singers and the guitar the guitar tone on always. Like Yeah, it's like come on, those dude. records. He's not just a dirty shredder, he's just an amazing musician and amazing singer and songwriter. He's just you know, he's just all heart. He's just that's what it is, you know. It's it's yeah, he's a troubled guy as well, isn't he? Bless him. Yeah, he's sort of it's, in his later years definitely he's, he's definitely I, I mean i don't know him i don't know the guy i would but he is he is the one guy i would lose my shit over if i met i think he's the number one guy that i would just be like it's you, you well the, yeah for me it would he was one of the first people that transit that transit that i i don't know about I, this is this is a bit weird the thing here like I love Fender Strats. I love the Stratocaster. Like, mm. I don't even like give a flying toss about many other guitars. Like, I oh, mate, think, I mean, you're in the same boat. I just yeah. there is like I can have a hundred Strats and I love them all equally. Yeah, and they're, and they're set up to do different things. And a Gibson and, just sort of over there somewhere, just like yeah. Going. Well, I've got an SG. I've got a Gibson SG. You got PRS, haven't you? Yeah, I've got the PRS Silver Sky. And so that's you know a great guitar. A Strat. It's a Strat, man, but it's like refined. That's the thing about it, right? You know, like that guitar gets like that guitar has gotten huge raves. I've never played one. Oh, see, I'm not a PRS fan. Okay, here we go. This is where things get controversial. I'm not a PRS fan, all right? And I never have been. Just because the shape I find a bit awkward. Um it it's kind of like a Gibson, but it's not, and it's a strat, and it's not, and it's it's weird. But I think sonically it does everything. Like a oh. custom if Dude. someone said to me you were only allowed to play a PRS, I probably would go like a custom 24. 22. Oh, you would go 22? I'd go 22, yeah. Cause I don't, yeah, I'm actually like 22 a... fretter, yeah. But something like that. Something, the yeah. generic, what they are known for, 
that guitar you know that that's what i would go for the only thing i don't like about them is that it's the colors and they're all a bit flamboyant for me they're all a bit they're all a bit you know i've met him i've met mr mr paul reed smith yeah and he he came to he's an eccentric guy yeah you know the, the the guitars i like that they made were those korean ones i think they were much better the world music the world's when they did the budget versions say budget still like 800 quid but they're made in the world music factory where they make the ltds um yeah i think they're called se's now is it SE? pure SSEs. yeah they're yeah, fantastic guitars i think Dude, they're they, great yeah they're unreal i think i think the problem with pure i think they're a little bit overpriced um maybe you know in today's world where you can get it's it's a 1500 quid guitar for three and a half grand like it's not being rude to, to him maybe maybe that's the wrong thing to say i don't know but and people do buy them uh it's a certain type of, when i was working so i worked in music shops you know my whole life um mm. you get to see a lot of this stuff and play a lot of things um i you for a three grand guitar you're gonna have to really what is it about it like that you know you start getting yeah i totally agree you know yeah. like it's like it's like taylor guitars for me right i think taylor taylor acoustics are the best acoustics ever like they're amazing because they're all consistent they're all very... i used only taylor's on the art disconnect amazing just the the sound of it they just 12 and a six yeah they're yeah great. and my favorite taylor's a 314 just because it's the starting range of the all solid ones and with the decent preamp in it mm. and then but everything above that it's just bling so what there is a paying... point where it just becomes like okay like the 914 i remember like but you, those types of guitars you sell them to the sultan of brunei like or something it becomes a doctors and dentists yeah and yeah stuff. i sold a lot of guitars to guys like that that are like i need the flashy guitar like they're, they're not guitarists but they need the flashy guitar you generally find most guitarists just have basic cheap not cheap but just they don't they know what Frankencasters. Like, you know we talk yeah like we, we make guitars work for us if it's 10 quid yeah, they're for work quid, you know it's for work as workhorse it's like yeah. my strat is 90 quid you know well it's not it's worth more than that because it's a japanese one but i just bought it for 90 quid off my, my mate's brother but years ago when i was like 18. yeah but it's like well works you know it's like yeah and it's interesting you say that because um i kind of fell into the prs thing right um yeah i was um with jimmy funny enough and we went up to the prs uh, warehouse in cambridge mm. got, in, got invited up there and they knew me and jimmy were coming and uh, they had aced the last silver sky left of the original batch in the uk and it was just a black and white one because it was black and white no one wanted it you know it's just simple it's as. like the kit in that like you know it's the like run of the litter run of the litter yeah like, uh, and yeah. i ended up having it I ended up buying it because they were like oh what are you doing i was like oh, i'm just actually you know in next week i'm going into the studio to track and they were like oh right um where are you recording it and i went um <laughs> i'm i'm in british Grove shoes and they're like how the fuck do you get in there and i was like well you know just i'm in there you know i didn't say why i was just like yeah i'm yeah. just i'm just in there and they were like take this and wow. they said they were like take take this and then after you finish doing it, if you use it or not, it'd be great to have some social media with it, you know, because yeah. no one's playing the Silver Sky in that kind of genre. You know, you play strats. So I was like, okay. So they um, they they give it a little setup and a clean up, you know, and I took it away, you know, and then um, never give it back. 
and then obviously I paid for it. You know, I yeah. paid through the nose for it. You know, it's, even though it's a two grand guitar, I still paid like eleven, twelve hundred for it. That's the most I've ever played a paid yeah. for a guitar. I'd say you know, but that's I most I've ever paid play for a pay for a guitar. Sorry, is um about that eleven hundred quid. I'd like a signature Ibanez. I was really into Paul Gilbert at one point, and like a signature, and it was like twelve hundred quid, and it wasn't an amazing guitar, but it I sold it in the end, but it just I don't know, like they sell it like I like signature signature guitars. That's another topic as well. Like you do pay for the name, unfortunately, you know, with that. You I've got two signature guitars. Have you got? I've got an original eighties um, Eric Clapton Strat. Yeah, but I bet you that's like that's an awesome guitar. But it's an American-made one, and I bought it in with what America. the lace sen- with the lace sensors in it. Yeah, and, I, yeah, it, yeah. Which, and that's how I got onto lace, and that's how I ended up getting a lace deal. Oh, do you like lace, do? You? Yeah, all my guitars have laces in them. Really? You yeah. Don't, you don't see them in Fenders anymore. No. I think no. the deal they've changed the deal. I think the reason they used them in the day is because they were noiseless. I think they yeah. were the first type of. Noiseless, yeah. pickups, maybe that. True noiseless, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they 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 look like EMGs to me because they got the flat, you know. Yeah, I don't like EMGs at all. They're just too, they're just flat sounding. They're good yeah. for metal and stuff, but they're just a bit. Well, just not even rock. I'd say just metal because they have that. It's just all all or nothing type compressed sound. You know, there's no dy- dynamics in them. Yeah, but, my, um, the bridge pickups that uh, that I use in the lace bridge pickups that I use, I like that. They're just like. <sighs> you know like yeah. slammed but that's because like i have you know like not like to pour women and blames his tools type of shit but yeah i've got arthritis in my elbow and my um right wrist yeah. and um, i'm wearing a support today as you can see i'm fetching this lovely elbow support for rsi that I currently have and um because of the inconsistencies that the older i get the worse it becomes because i've got proper arthritis in it and it fucking hurts you know touring after a while and going hot and cold and stuff oh it's horrible yeah yeah yeah, it's it's fucking horrible you know and so what and i i do i am a heavy player because i'm like from i i got my rhythm from hetfield you know just slightly pushing but still in time he's like the best guy of all time to do that Mm. you know and right the the, uh the laces help with that because they're just they take away you playing too hard you mean they just kind of yeah they give out the output yeah yeah like it, it they, they work with me and if i'm fatigued and i do get fatigued in the middle of um, a set you know um because mm. of my because of my hands they really hurt like they yeah. really really hurt and that's another reason why i don't really do solos and stuff anymore because it just fucking hurts um yeah you know and diet affects that as well by the way which is an yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, thing. Totally, yeah at the moment my fucking shit's all over the place so it's I'm, I'm i'm just a bit worse for wear um but um yeah l- laces kind of help me with that and the thing is like i know like um a lot of people go like oh fuck you know they're this and that but thing is for me and p- but people they will go dude your guitar sounds fucking unreal through a pa yeah like, it sounds great like you're the tone on your record and i'm like it's all laces i don't use anything else every mm. from our frame ep to nowadays it's all a hundred percent lace pickups throughout the whole are they a- thing. Are they active? No. Oh, they're not. Okay. That's cool. No. Like their thing on the website is like no fucking batteries. You know. Yeah. You it's know. Companies like that. Like, um. Oh God. There's, I used to have a pickup again because Nina Beck. 
and uh, I, I've had a couple of them, and they're, but they're a bit aggressive. They're called a Bill Lawrence, right? Uh, L five hundred or five hundred XL or something, and it's passive, but it's like Jesus Christ, like it's just like it's just mid range and just it's just aggressive. And uh, Dimebag used to use it as well. You know, that right. was his. It's got the two blades. It's like a twin blade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. He went to Seymour Duncan in the end. He he copied the idea. But, right because it's not you know but bill lawrence they used to be like they still are they operate from he only passed away not long ago he used to wind his own pickups and it's just like mate that sounds fat man like they're, they're made in the 70s i think um they're, they're it's just they're very aggressive um pickups and the problem is i think i've compensated my playing to be aggressive thinking nuno played like that and it's not so when i put a bill lawrence in i'm too aggressive do you know what i mean like he's obviously a bit lighter but yeah, it's find those guys are. They don't. They don't, they don't smash it. Yeah, those yeah. guys don't. But it sounds like they do. It's a very percussive pickup. You know, it's a very woody type tone. You know, it's it's amazing. Like you know what the pickup does. Because I've got I use I use Duncan's because they gave me a bit of an endorsement. Not not really full endorsement. I never say I'm endorsement, but it's I get a deal. You know, you get a deal through the um. The like the the UK distribution. You just base, basically that's the same off. thing with me of late. Yeah, I get from Dave yeah, from Hindsight you know, and it's, it's cool. the, only, the only the only is um, Elixir strings because I do that through Elixir. I used to do it through um, Westside, so they gave me a discount. Which oh, is, is that uh, Mark Denae's? No, my mate Ben works at Westside. Ben McCrow. Right. Um, Hook me up. Um, but he put me in. Yeah, he put me in contact with Jordan, and it's a company called Red Pepper, something. I don't know. I don't know, but they they must be to do with you know the the distribution all this kind of stuff in the the artist relate the the actual artist liaison guy. And even even those guys have to pay. Like they gave me the first batch for free. So when I did Rock of Ages, I asked for what I wanted, and I paid ten pounds for about 200 sets of elixir streams. It was amazing, just Sick. for the carriage. I just, this whole box arrived from Germany. I'm like, sweet, great. But now I, when I buy them, I, you have to buy them in the boxes, but I just get a huge discount. Like it's just, Yeah, yeah, it's just more at cost. Really. Don't give them away for free. Like not all endorsements are free, like even for the yeah, top. That's the thing, yeah, yeah. People seem to think that stuff's given to you, but it's not, you know. That's the only thing, that's not fat, you know. The only thing, if, if someone said to me, if you, you could have free stuff, Actually, no, I think when I was in, in the band, I used to have like a deal through rotor sounds, but I, I didn't use the strings, you know, because it's, I just don't, you know. Rotor sound don't like me. I've met I, the guys there. I, 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 rotor sound or something like that. I've been to the, fa I've been to the factory. Have you right. ever been there? And they no. wear the winding, all the winding stuff, but I don't like the strings, man. I, don't like I, 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 um, was like an Ernie Ball guy for years, right? You know, because mm. Eric Clapton was, <laughs> you know. And then when I had some rotor sounds, they were just completely different kettle of fish. And again, because I used stainless steel, right? So they're, they're really try to They tried to get me to change, you know. And I was like, they were like, oh, we'll give you rotor sound for free. And I was like, I, I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like them. I would like to use my elixir strings that I've used for 10 years and will continue to do so. I don't care. The difference between, I think some people, what I get annoyed about with endorsements is is when I see all these like YouTubers and, or whoever, and they, or you just see people like, oh, I'm endorsed by these. It's like, no, you're not. You've just phoned yeah. up the distribution company and they're giving it to you for like, it's like, you're not, it's to not me, a an real endorsement. endorsement. Yeah. An endorsement is like, you are, you know, they want you to use your 
you know promote your stuff so they give it to you you yeah. know i think when you get into signature guitar world you know you are definitely endorsed that's an endorsement yeah you know i get the guys at um fender give me a fat discount on um uh evh stuff and i think when i was looking at um jackson at one point or in charvel yeah it's all owned by them now isn't it yeah they give me i get 50 percent off that stuff because it's they're lovely you know they're really they're really nice guys you know and they're, people they're, at fender are lovely yeah yeah like really they're nice brilliant people. and it's not like you have to exclusively use it but they just they want you to you know as long as you kind of use you know i think it was when i was doing rock of ages but they the tour was kind of sponsored by gibson and they own kramer so i ended up using some kramers in the end right, but even yeah. that annoyed me because i was sent some kramers that were just these horrible guitars and i couldn't use them so luckily my mate barry had uh an old kramer from have you ever i'll show you it i think it's this is the one i used on rock of ages it's not mine it's my mate's i gotta give it back but okay it's pink right but, but it, I, it does the mate thing. i shit you not right this was built the things with these old kramers like it's built in japan at the esp factory in the custom shop it's an esp n1 and then it's assembled in the us so that's why these guitars and all the guys in the 80s used them kramer now are not built like that i don't know they might you know i doubt just, it like they have like a batch of indonesian stuff where it's it was bought out by gibson as is they went bust kramer went bust in the 80s you know yeah. so i'm there's one on ebay at the moment a black american pacer 2 that i'm looking at and it's saying he only wants 600 quid for it so i think the next time i go on rock of ages because i've got to give this back really it's not mine yeah uh, i thought about um buying it because they're, they're solid mate it's got an original floy rose it's like the only thing i put on it and changed i put some silent and um it's like a proper german floy rose just doesn't go out of tune i put a proper nice pot and i rewired just one got rid of all the electronics because i hate all that stuff but and that's it and to actually play this thing is an absolute monster like it was just you know and I generally think guitars just aren't built the same anymore. Like this, uh, this has got weight to it. Like this has got, yeah. You know, it's like where's where's that gone? I find that's gone in guitars at the moment. Like Sir the, guitars, man. Yeah, very expensive though. That's the only thing, man. It's like, you know, I know I, I have like a gentleman's agreement with PRS in um, what have you, uh, and that's you know I've got the silver sky and stuff. But the thing is though, I mean, Blood. it's not. Not Glor well, it's like strats, aren't they? Glorified strats, aren't they? Yeah, it is. It's like, like Tom Anderson. They look like Tom Anderson guitars to me. They're just yeah. Like, you know, they're, yeah. You know. And it's the same with Sir stuff, right? It's like, I thought, well, it's a, it's a, like, let's just cut the bullshit here. It's a mm. fucking strat. You know, how much yeah, more course, strat yeah. can, well, how much more strat can you get, right? Yeah. Then I played it and I was like, oh, there is definitely a thing about it. There's no question about it. Like, what the, is the Silver Sky up until I played like I've got to be careful how I say this. The Silver Sky right. up and played up until I played a Sir mm. was without a doubt the best strat I played. You know, like it just like sat in your hands, put that neck pickup into you flip the pickup into neck, go and I was like, Oh my god, it it's a thing, it does the thing. The only thing that I've had um a, a grumble with is the fact that I play stainless steel strings. And oh, if, you yeah. have, if you have nickel frets, they destroy the frets. Like, I've had that guitar since 2019, right? Yeah. And I used it all on the Wagons Tour and stuff. And by the end of the Wagons Tour, because yeah. of the strings, the heavy string gauge I use, yeah. um, it needed a refret. Like, it just, like, my, 
and the way I play, because the, the, you know I play thirteens to sixty six stainless yeah. steel strings, they destroy frets. Yeah, nickel frets. Absolutely, just tear them apart. Like you can mm. see the dips in them. Like yeah, you know, yeah I'll yeah. take a photo of it, um, and then I'll send it to you on my phone. You can vis- visually see the the cut in them. It's almost like they're becoming scalloped. You know, wow. and um, it just fucks the whole thing up. So yeah. it's like, but I'm in that thing now. It's like I can't use it. You know, if, if we were playing live, it'd be hard for me to really get away with it live because it buzzes now. And the only way to get rid of it is a refret. And it's like, well, I don't have a spare couple hundred quid for a stainless steel refret at the See, size I like. Yeah. You know, I've, then, I've, I've, have like, you ever used stainless steel frets? Yes, I like them. I've done. <sighs> It's, yeah, I've, I've, I've had it once. I had a neck made, but I found them too zingy for me. They are bright, man. Very bright. Um, That's why sir guitars are bright. Nah, all they're all stainless steel. Stain, 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 stain. I, think, but the I remember that they last for years. Like but they, they last once you've got them, they just last forever. Yeah, but pretty much. I yeah. remember um, the first time I played a stainless steel. Do you remember those Parker guitar, Parker Flies? Dude, I loved Parker Flies. They're all stainless steel frets. Yeah, they were like some of the first companies to do them. Yeah, like carbon necks and stuff, and the mojo yeah. fly and everything. Like mojo that. fly, very weird guitar. We used to sell those, and um, it's, it was based off um, it's an ergonomic thing, isn't it? Yeah, my mate used to have one. He used to have like they were like some of the first guitars with like acoustic bridges, like the piezo. Yeah, the piezo stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. We used to we used to sell them. Washburn owned them, I think. Uh, or they're they still going. What Parker's? I don't yeah. know. Maybe I think it was Ray Parker, wasn't it? Was that the guy who owned them? He designed. Yeah. Remember now, they look weird again. It's like I'm all into they look like 1984, they look like 1984, like thinking about the future, yeah, what the yeah. future is going to look like, you know, like going to the future world at Disneyland, and it's like, yeah, this is not the future. And the problem is, like, everyone's trying to reinvent the guitar, and it's like, it's you can't they got it right in 1951. Leo got it right, mate. You know, there are yeah. things that you can do, I think, you know, I think it's better pickups now and pots and nuts and you know and how, 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 diff- the, how the joint of the neck sits in the yeah that, that's kind of what the, the silver skies do all of those little faults i say excuse me faults they're not faults the imperfections let's say yeah they've been tidied up and it is a definite noticeable difference same oh no i'm sure you know it's like but that's why like so there's a guy um i go to in he's called pete pete lewis and he built he builds guitars and he's just building me a guitar at the moment but when i did that I used one of his guitars. Um, oh, it's in the case. I won't get out. He lent me a red guitar. I used it on. Will I play Wembley? The other coach club. And he said, "Can you use my guitar on a, on a track?" I love that. When yeah. I, I just played Wembley a coach club. Oh, sorry, yeah. Just, uh, when just I was the other day. When I was playing Wembley, uh, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a second, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never ever underestimate underestimate me playing Wembley. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should like, slip that video in there. Just to, yeah, uh, just reminder. Kick. Yeah, reminders. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Anyway, so he let me, and he built like this Telecaster straight Strat hybrid. It's really weird. It's got a tele tele body, but with a Strat dip, with a tele bridge pickup with two Strat front and middle pickups, um, and. Yeah, it's like he said, Oh, can you use it on a few songs? I said, sure. So I did. And bless him, he's like, he's like, oh, I want to build you a strat. So next time you go on top, he's he's determined to beat my black strat. He's like, you know, and that's the cool thing. And I have this relationship with Pete where you go to his workshop and he's any, he, you know, he'll do all the things to my guitars and but he uses all the proper stuff like cloth wiring and 
Yeah. It does sound better, like CTS pots and all the better mm. components and it's all the little things like that, you know, where, where you're... There is a difference with that stuff, you know. Um, again, it's like what we were talking about the other day. It's like people go, oh, you're not going to hear the difference. And it's yeah, like, well, you will. The thing is, though, sure. It's okay. all the little component, all the... It's very... all these 2%, that's what we're saying, isn't it? These 2 yeah. and 3% that change things to you, they feel better. They make you happier when you play. You change the cables because you want something to happen here and you change your effects around. These are all subtle things, but you know, it's like, have you seen the equation for a plane to take move an inch off the ground? You know, it's like a fucking textbook long. You know, if you moved a decimal point, the outcome's gonna change. And this is how I view tone, right? Is that like you'll have your equation, which is from your pick to your left hand you know, all the way to what comes out of the speaker. Yeah. Okay. That is your equation. That's your liftoff bit from, you know, a, on a runway is when it comes out of the amp and it moves that speaker with air. If you change anything in that, you're moving a decimal point or changing a number, the outcome is going to be different. There's, that's <laughs> just, that's a fact. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, like, and that's just like how it works. You know? Yeah. Guitar, guitar cables, especially like, I, I use, um, I switched over to a company called Van Damme a few years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. You've ever, sorry, yeah, yeah. Thought like, you what? That's so, so like shocking. Guitar cables. Spilt, spilt. <laughs> Water all down. One called Van Damme now makes guitar cables, yeah. No, for something, yeah, it's like, it's exactly the same spelling as well as Van Damme. Well, they make you amazing. Want, you want the best cable? Yeah, they're amazing cables. And they use like the, uh, is it? I just get this wrong one. Neutrix, Neutrix, I don't know. Neutrix, Neutrix or Neutrix, or I don't know what. Um, and they're brilliant, you know. And I've got ones. I've got a Fender cable that I use sometimes. That's quite chunky, but the um, these Van Damme ones are great. They cost a lot, but they're um, you get Mater size, and you know it's 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 brilliant. Um, you can't hear the difference. Yeah, I got a friend oh. that swears by a company called George L. Have you ever heard of them? I yeah. need like, really thin cables, but apparently the quality is just like. I use Aud Evidence Audio. Who? Evidence Audio. Okay. And you cut, the, you cut them to size, and they got like this thing where you peel the peel the wire back, and yeah, yeah, and then you screw the top in, and then that's it. Oh, like in. bullet what bullet cables? They do that, don't they? Yeah, it's a very similar thing, but once it's locked in, that's kind of it. Like you can't yeah. take it out. You know. There's but, a. I remember. I remember there was um. Who else? There was some different companies. Rapco, a monster cable. A lot of guys use monster, but yeah, I, I don't know. But there's there's a company called Rapco that are quite good. My mate works for. Um, they're really good. I've got one of those, some of their cables. But it's really worth going back to the thing. It's just all that stuff. It's just you know, it's really worth just buying decent stuff. You know, don't of course rock it in, is. And don't it rock in with your it. don't rock in with your stag cable. Do you know what I mean? It's not. We've all had to do it though. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit actually. To be fair, I've owned star cables over the years. Uh, they're okay. They're fine. Do the job. Like the, the, they do a series called the N series, which is like their deluxe series. Right. And to be honest, like they're so cheap. Like again, I know the guys. I used to know the guys there. It's a company called EMD. I've been there to the factory. Right. When I was working in the music shop and stuff. When I was assistant manager at my music. Assistant manager. No, it was From assistant, assistant manager. Rose Morris music shop in London when I was like Rose Morris. Yeah, when I was like 23, 24. No way. What year was that? Oh, mate. Well, work out. I'm 38 now. <laughs> so 14, you know, it was a long time ago. But so that's like 2005. 
Yeah, around that time. Six. That's when I would. Have, that's when I moved to London, and that's what. That's when I would have been walking down that street. Probably, I've probably met you before. You probably told me to stop looking at it. The guitar, yeah. and get out. Probably would just like get out of shop. It's like, listen, you're, you're never going to afford it, dickhead. Get out, wanker. Not without a haircut. <laughs> probably, you know. Sorry, don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, I used to work there, but we used to we used to um get all the EMD stuff, and the markup on EMD is like ridiculous. So I used to buy all the cables like you know it's like it's stupid like and when i learned about all that stuff like markups and retail and you know oh, I've got the like, markup for god's sake i was just stupid. like they, this they is all think we're idiots. Like, i mean companies like fender there is no markup like because they've got the power so you just yeah. got to sell you just got to stock their guitars but uh everyone everyone you know gibson, gibson are horrendous oh it's just no point but like i'd never buy a gibson companies like again. two are really good guitars i always found like acoustic guitars vintage Vintage are wicked. Vintage are wicked. That's it's a company called JHS, John Hornby Skis. Yeah. yeah. I used to know the guys there, you know, like I used to know them all, and that's and it's great because a guy called Dave Pomeroy was like the um used to get the um what we call the guys that used to work for the main company, the sales guys for these big companies to come in and be like, Yeah, you want this, you want that, do you want to order all these? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like all. Um and that was cool. Yeah. Roland as well, boss. No markup on boss pedals. No. But things though, like you know, the things with stuff like that, right? Especially with things like boss and Roland and what have you, right? Is that people take the mick out of them? They're like, um, you know, entrance level stuff, you know. But then people don't realise that actually, like, it's a really good entrance level. Do you know what I mean? Oh, have you gone? Oh dear, have you gone? We'll have to come back. <laughs> it's over to talk, talk, and it's like it keeps dropping every like just go, just goes. No, nah, I just don't want to work. So nah, just, just I'm on my I'm on my phone data, so it's yeah, fine. I've got like eighty giggles on the stupid, so That's like right. totally unnecessary in today's world, yeah. you know, well, especially in lockdown. Yeah, so it's the thing it's of like going on tour, isn't it? It's like because I, I'm like I'm a, I'm a gift gaff pay as you go kind of guy. Because so like if I'm, in... <laughs> I know it's like how old are you? Fifteen. Um, yeah. It's BTG. So... Yeah. <laughs> if you go on tour, you're like I'll get the I'll get the maximum gigabytes for this month because I know I'm going to be like oh. rinsing it on tour, and it's better than hotel Wi-Fi. That's that's something to be desired. When they go, um, yeah, you can pay an extra five pounds for the Wi-Fi, and you're like. Do you know what? I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. And then, mm. like, the second night, you're like, can I cancel all my Wi-Fi stuff because it's bullshit? Yeah, because this is just horrendous. I'll just stand near the window and hold my phone out if I want to watch YouTube. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just, like, bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, like, I was on, like, I only use about 20 gig a month uh, my street, uh, 4G or whatever, like, data, yeah. but it just was part of the package. I What I do is, so this is how to do it, buy your phone outright. That's what then, I do and then get a decent sim only deal because I paid 12 months then because otherwise you're tied into these like ridiculous three years. I think they're three year contracts now because the phones are so expensive. They have to make it still look like a great deal. So like they, they just tie you into these ridiculous terms. Like it's only, it's only 30, it's only 35 quid a month. I remember like when I was on tour with rock of ages, like with all like the, the theater people, theater people, bless them. <laughs> Or the actors, should I say, and um, the cast members, the cast, the cast. And you speak to them, and you'd be like, they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just, 
just so skint at the moment, you know, and just I need some money coming in. I'm like, and they just sat there with like their iPhone 12 9G network. I'm like, how much is your phone? They're like, oh, you know, it's about 65 pounds a month. I'm like, fucking what? What are you on about? Like, yeah, you but that? you know, that includes that includes a, uh, you know, an iPad and I'm just so skinny. It's like, ki- hmm. like oh, kids nowadays, you know, it's like an old man, but the concept of money is, is unreal. Like, it's just like, right. To me, a phone contract, even now, sounds like I'm an adult. Do you know what I mean? Like, have been tied into something like that. Seems madness like, to me. It's mad. I paid £20 a month on my phone contract. Same. And I still, and I still think that's loads. Yeah. Like, yeah. at one point, I was paying about 16 or £17. Any more than 20 quid a month, you're like, what am I paying for? Like, especially in today's market, because really, you don't you get unlimited and unlimited. That's just normal now. But hmm. to see, well, I, these, I, I got a um, it's a, a, like rock of a, Sorry, sorry, dude, you, uh, you cut out then. So I thought, sorry, I, yeah, I thought I'm just stopped. saying, like, <laughs> yeah, again, going back down that road. But to see these people like go, like, I'm so skint, and then sat there with like, like 60 quid a month phone bills, I'm like, you have, are you mental? Like, yeah, you know, think about it. It's just like it's not been put in their brain, like the concept no, of a pound coin you know like the concept of money and how and how that works and how you know you just don't need it you don't need that crap it's, you know? it's ridiculous man honestly it's i have it's like, like a 180 quid and um well i bought it outright it's 250 gig it's like four years old four what is it sorry what what I've is got it an iphone uh eight plus oh you got the eight yeah cool yeah it? got the eight plus you know and I shoot video on it. It's fine. I record everything on it. I don't need to upgrade it. It's fine. The reason no, why no. I got the 250 gig is so it has a bit of, you know, breathing space when they do the updates. And that yeah. was a great move to do, you know, because it still runs fine. Yes. It's not slow at all. It's yeah, not yeah, remotely yeah. slow, you know, and it's been down the fucking toilet. I got, the first day wow. I, got, I dropped it in the toilet. It's fine. I mean, I only bought mine because it was, again, I was, I was on t- tour earning, earning money, but it was um, a Galaxy A40. So it was only like the bottom end one, but it was like the newer version of the Galaxy at the time. I could have got like the A, you know, whatever it was, much more Triple super. Z, X, Zell. Yeah. Or the S, it's the S series, which is ridiculously expensive. And I just thought, well, I don't need it for that. And I like Samsung's. I've always used Samsung's. I've had one iPhone in the past, but I, I just like Samsung's. They're cheaper and they do the same thing. You know, it's like, it's a phone. Like, I know it's so stupid. People get wrapped up in it. It's just like, you know, have you seen the latest adverts with them? And they've got like four oh. cameras on them. And you're like, well, that's what they're selling, here? aren't they? It's cameras, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's, it's like five, it's 5G now and sticks to your head. Cause it's just like the, the radiation, you know, just goes like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's mad. You know, it's absolutely mad. I was never a phone, posh phone guy. You know, no. I've, always, I've always had like hand-me-downs or like a lower model. Like I just don't, I don't buy into like the, the stupid, like ridiculous, I'd go and get a second-hand refurbished model. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And buy it outright. You know, that's that's yeah. you know, people people don't. They're just it's clever. It's it's amazing marketing. You know. Oh, it is. Yeah, because they it's end up spending pretty... spending a third of the price of the phone again on top of what. They're probably they're watching us now and saying, "Shoot them, shoot them now." You know. Well, they are because you know the microphone and the cameras never turn off. There's a setting in your phone. Um, if you go on like the Facebook app, there's a um. Oh, really. Go, yeah yeah go onto your facebook app right dude and there's a thing that says like um talk monitoring or something it's called 
Wow. Is that why the adverts come up when you're talking yeah, about something? Adverts, suddenly yeah, they're like, we were just talking about that. Like, you know. Well, it's like because people go like, "Well, how do they know?" And I'm like, "Well, you use Siri, right, or whatever, and a phone equivalent is, mm. you know, Katana and all the other stuff, and yeah. understand your voice perfectly. So, do you not think that when that's not on, it's not on? Of course, it's still on. Oh, your phone, your phone microphone doesn't turn off, you know. Yeah, it's insane. You know, it's things like that. You know, and to think that, you know, people are like, oh, it's my privacy, and it's like, listen, if you. You know, you're not doing a child porn ring and you're, you're not selling like crack, yeah. then I think you're going to be all right. Really. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like if you, if you know you're doing something like really wrong, like, you know, maybe. Then, yeah, you could be worried. That's yeah. going to rob a bank or something, you know, and keep your phone on you. Yeah, you might get caught. But yeah, if you're but... just doing day to day shit, no one's going to bother you. And that's what makes me laugh about the whole vaccine thing, you know, like, oh, the, God. Oh, no, it's going to they, they want to inject us with like, you know. Really, do you really think the government want to know what my 97-year-old grand's doing so at home? Do you know what I mean? I don't... Yeah, it's plotting against And it's it. stupid. Like, like Kate, you know, my wife My wife works for these companies. You know, she's part of the market, um, marketing oh, money. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember which side of it now. But she does, she does a lot of work. She's always worked with these companies, you know, and stuff. And she says, you know, yeah, it's money, but it's all money. But she said, it's, they're not doing it. It's not selfish. It's... There's a reason we don't have smallpox anymore. There's a reason we don't have tuberculosis. Oh, Christ. Yeah. It's modern medicine, you know, and science is about protecting us as a, as a race. Measles know, has not... come back in America because of anti-vaxxers, hasn't it? Yeah. Tough right. shit. You know, if you want to do that, because some discredited doctor went around going, oh, it gives you autism. It's like, fucking... It's like, no, it doesn't. Like, no, it doesn't. How do you know that? Like, I don't know that. And I don't not know that because I'm not a medical doctor, but... yeah. You know, I've been, I've spoken to enough doctors for them to be like. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, a friend of not. mine, when they had their child, they're like, I'm not sure about vaccinations, you know. And but what are they basing it on? Yeah. And I'm like, what are you, you know, your child is already born, right? So if it has autism, it has autism before it's been injected, by the way. Um, so, well, <laughs> you know, something to, something to you know, be a part. Yeah. Just to kind of. It doesn't oh, boost. It doesn't boost that, you know, or stop it. You know, it's so uh, yeah. It's not about that. But if you want your child to live past seven months, then I suggest getting a vaccine. You know, it's like yeah, it's well, such a bizarre cat, thing. Give my cat jabs. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. This is the other thing, right? People, you know, or they'll go and buy like cocaine. <laughs> you know, it's bizarre. you know, or they'll go and buy some super skunk weed thing and smoke it and be like, yeah, man. You know, there's micro microchips in in um. The COVID vaccine. It's like, yeah. um, what are you smoking? Like, what, yeah, what's in that? You what know, you sticking you, up your nose? You know what's in that? You know, it's it is it's. I don't know. People, people are interested. Like Facebook for me, I don't have it on my phone anymore. Like people just, I, yeah, I do no. use it because it's unfortunately, you have to, yeah, it's bullshit. You, if you can use it in the right way, i.e., like you know, I've got my gigs from it, connected with people like yourself on it, yeah. It's a it's a positive thing. Unfortunately, it's just turning it's turned into Twitter. I don't have a Twitter account anymore. No, I, I have don't one for either. the band, but even for the band, we barely use it. We just there's no point. It's just, it's a rabbit hole, and it's just it's a lot of. Um, it's great if you're into politics. <laughs> yeah, but Facebook's turning. Facebook's getting nasty, man. I see Facebook's what people a horrible like. place. It's troll. It's troll central, and it's just like this is just so wrong. Everything about this is wrong. It's not nothing good about this like you know i like instagram um i, I like, enjoy instagram because it's more... but still people can be a bit you know like when i when i with the nuno thing with the repost thing 
Yeah, I bet you had some people comment going like, "What yeah, is?" Because I had long hair at the time, long blonde hair, like really, right. really long. Because it was a couple of years ago, and it's like, huh, huh, "When did Kurt Cobain learn to play guitar?" Huh, and it's like, "Wow!" Five Brilliant. people said the same thing, not realizing that someone previous has said it, thinking there's some kind of like super Comedic comedy genius. comedy level geniuses. Yeah, that they're going to get some kind of response out of it. Everyone's um, Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's Bill. Yeah, and you just think. If you haven't got anything positive to say, just don't say it. I'm like that. I'm I'm yeah. very like that. You know, you know. I might turn it to to Beck and go like, look at this twat, and she'll go, yeah. and then I'm not going to go look at this twat on the thing. I'll just that's it. I've had my yeah. two second last, and I've moved because on. What, yeah. what are you trying to provoke out of it? Yeah. Some people are so argumentative, and so I'm like the least argumentative person. Like I'll have my say. I'll put my foot down, and I'm not. You know, mm. I'm not. Yeah, I'll be like that. But but that's what it is. I think I've got no time for people like that in my life, Mm. and I've got a lot of people like that out in my life actually. Mm. Um, Same. uh, Recent in the last year or so, because it's a lot um, of real life friend culling for me. Yeah, because you and it's one of those things you realize it when your parents they've got about three mates, and you're like, I wonder why that is, and then. It's weird because you're at school, when you're at school, you're kind of forced into these kind of giant friendships, like tons of things. And then you leave school and, you know, I mean, I've still got a couple of friends from senior school that I consider my true friends because I've known them forever. Um, we don't, I don't know. There's just, there's a couple of people in my life that I've had to just kind of go, not cut off, but just sort of disconnect from. Mm. Like just because it doesn't do you any favors. No. It just you just kind of there, and what I realise is that all it is is just someone else's insecurity. All someone, all someone attacking someone is is their own insecurity. That's all it is. It's like a bullying tactic. Oh, it's, it's classic bullying. Yeah, it's absolutely. bullshit. And and it's funny that it still goes on in adulthood, because when I was younger, so. you know, there's bullying at school when you're younger. You think, oh, this is horrible, because I used to get bullied at school. I think everyone goes through a bit of a yeah, like same a right, yeah, passage. Yeah, yeah. But when it happens in adult life to me it's ludicrous it's ridiculous because you all get to a point in your life where you're like look doesn't matter like yeah. really does does any of this matter yeah, and yeah, totally. and but they've obviously got something in them to want to kind of go oh you're this because of and you're like because of what like why because you don't like i don't know like you know Oh, dude, the 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 I amount try my of best to be as diplomatic across the board to yeah. everyone. Oh, but you get the old people that are kind of like, oh, I don't like him. You're like, well, what, what have I done? Like, you know, have I done something to you? Like, have I personally did I really did I, did I punch damage. your mum the other day or something? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's it's really bizarre, like how that works. Um, I hate bullying. I'm I'm really against it. When I see it in school, because I was bullied when I was younger, and when I see it, I recognise it straight away and I put my foot down on it straight away. I think it's yeah, disgusting. same. It's I actually still have nightmares about it. Actually, yeah, like once or twice a week, like I have. Oh, mate, um, actual like terrible things of my life now, but also then like in some weird kind of mm. not hybrid because that hybrid makes it like sound adulthood, like it's positive. But back then, can't yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. same. It's the same people, right? And sometimes I'm in school uniform, but it's now all the but things we have now. And it's, I, it affects me literally like two or three times a week. Yeah. I get the same um, kind of scenario dreams from the people that bullied me. And 
it is it, it, I, I get up I mean I'm a terrible sleeper anyway yeah and um you know always have been you know um which yeah. is why I age so incredibly fast um I put I put it down to that you know but I got gray hair now mate right yeah do you say well I've got you know that's just shit hair um but yeah I have it all the time you know um and yeah it haunts and it's not me. nice it haunts people, me you know big time people are horrible and even even more so now you know people think they have a right a human right to attack someone else you know just like on social media behind closed doors you know and it's and it's like i don't say that person would never come up to your face and say oh uh, the thing is same here it's like i'm six foot i'm built like a brick shit house it's like yeah, then no know, one's gonna come no one comes up no. to me and goes i think you're this you know yeah I'm it's like no one's gonna bother me but I, you see it these bullying you know there's plenty of them and it's what it's almost like it gets worse as you get old, as you get older yeah like, it actually does i think yeah and that's why going back to, sorry back to the friend kind of friendship groups and stuff you know and you end up just putting your arms out a little bit you know and yeah keeping certain people keeping the people that you like and that you had close to you for a long time you know they're your mates they're not going to do that to you so you know and if they do start doing that bye you, know, you just got yeah yeah i drop people as fast as i'd pick them up now just purely on that thing you know and it, it's the amount of shit that was caused when um uh, me and Beck were like, oh, we're having a child. The amount of fucking hate. Like that. Why is it their business? Thing. Why is it their business? That's the, bit, the other bit I don't get. People just stick their, I think they have a right to stick their nose in. Well, that's why the Rockadolls went on hiatus. Uh, it's because yeah. everyone was like, oh, you can't have a fucking child. And it's like, I can't. Okay. I can't have a child. Actually. Is it anyone's business? It does it, you know, um, you know, and then yeah. I, like i lost I've, I've lost like literally 10 20 friends over that oh you haven't you haven't lost anything because they weren't you they weren't your fucking friends to start with right there you go don't, you don't lose you don't lose true friends mate you no. just don't you don't you, you you'll have three i'd rather have three amazing friends than 20 fucking nitwits that you think that yeah. are just sort of tied around you because you think i don't know it's just bollocks mate yeah it's, it's all bollocks it's all it's all phony shit and it, and it's you have to you know i there's it's weird like you know this ties in with the music industry a little bit you know with the whole schmoozing and and playing the oh, game right. and all that kind of stuff and it, unfortunately it's just part of it you know yeah but there's there's schmoozing and then there's just sort of being sort of desperate as well you know to you know it's thin you line, really it? yeah it's a very thin line um, and I met some incredible people in the music industry and some lovely people. And I also met some absolute dickheads. Do you know what I mean? And it's just the same. Yeah. It's the same. It's what it's the same, but it's almost a bit heightened, I think, in the music industry because it's quite an intense, you know, we're artists and it's, it's all quite intense and it's, it's all just a bit up there, you know, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's interesting. You say it like that, because that I really relate to how you say that because when you are in those scenarios, it's like, it's like it's it's like it's being on drugs yourself just in that scenario yeah and oh, you're, not, you know, you're just there like everything looks really bright and everything's fucking loud and yeah you're just like 
I don't want to be here. I just want to write songs and play on stage and make some money sit, off it. I want That's... to go sit in a hut somewhere on a side of a cliff and just write some songs. And I'll, yeah. I'll see you when I've done them. You're like, you know. Yeah, that's it. And you know, you have, so... you're forced to go through all this stupid thing of like, hi, yeah, my name's Nikki, and I, uh, uh, you, you know, yeah. I do, you know, and it's, it's stuff. Or, or it has the other way around because, like, I have a PR agency and other things. People then talk to you like you have something to offer that they can get from you. I'm not. I'm a yeah. fucking nobody, mate. You know, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> you yeah, know, but like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, don't. and it's you know, all right. I'm called Nikki Smash, but I've been called that since I was 18. I'm not going to. What's your real that. surname? Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's probably good to change it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. My yeah. name's my name's my name's John Smith. Right. My name's cool. John Smith. Yeah. How about Nikki yeah. Smash? Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, right, most of the time people go, Nikki's not your real name, is it? And I go, what? There, there's actual interviews of me. Are on you YouTube. Nicholas? Are you Nicholas Smith or are you Nikki? I'm Nikki. I was um, I'm Nikki. N i k k i Nikki, and I um am named, influenced after Nikki Lauda, the Formula One racing driver. Cool. But my dad and my mum uh didn't like Nikki Lauda. They were a James Hunt fan, obviously. So they added another K because he was spelled N i k i. Okay. So, yeah. so they liked the name. So to make it kind of um, not his name, yeah, they added another K. So it's N I K K I and Nikki. Okay. And it's cool, uh, but the, it's the pretty smash, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, it's a bit like it's kind of got that Nikki Six ring to it, hasn't it? It's kind of yeah. Got... Everyone goes, "Oh, you're a massive Motley Crue fan." And I go, "No, um, they're all right." And I saw their last. I am. Gig. I'm a huge Crue fan. I love Crue. No, I, I love my favorite Motley Crue album is the one with Drunk Robbie. That is a banger of a record, and it's the album that doesn't get any credit it deserves to be honest you hear I've that met him. i've met john karabi have you ever met him no i haven't no he's no. cool he's cool but he's very Bitter, he's very john karabi you know but yeah. he's he's and his voice just blows me away you can't like, deny on that album man you've got to remember as well that was done on tape that the only th i think i think the only thing they the thing that they shouldn't have done is called it motley crew yes i don't think it's that's just my personal opinion because yeah it's a standout album mm. in its own right, but I understand why they did. It probably it would have been either contractual um, or Nikki Six being like, "Yeah, we're still Motley Crew," and you know, blah blah. And and they they were, you know, it's still the three the three yeah. main guys, you know, it's still the guys. Yeah. The problem is with that band, they are literally one of those rare bands where they are the sum of all parts. Yeah, so you can't replace you can't them. Change. It's like some bands you can change around, and some bands you can't. It's like Silverchair can't change any of them. Doesn't matter. No, you just can't, can't do it. Yeah. Weird. It would just be yeah, really yeah. strange. But like Iron Maiden, you know, have had countless members over the years. Yeah, um, yeah. it's weird, isn't it? How bands work like that. Like I got a personal vendetta against uh, um, Maiden. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Why? I love Maiden. Big Maiden fan. Fucking hate Maiden. I love Adrian Smith. He's a huge guitar hero. Man. I mean, like. I, as individual musicians, I have utmost respect for them, right? And I, I yeah. really do. But we were on BBC Radio 6 on Bruce Dickinson's radio show once. Oh, wow. Okay. And he just fucking slated Ben's dad. Really? Yeah, it was the most pathetic thing. And I'll happily tell him to his fucking face if, if I ever... What, you were, on, you were interviewing with him or did he no, just... No, no, no. He was playing our song, right? And he had a pop. And um, he was like, um, right, that was the Rocket Dolls. And then there was like silence. And he goes... I remember it because it, I was so raged because I preferred him to say this song was shit, you know, rather than just mention something else. It was just such a cheap shot. Mm. And I lost 
every bit of respect for him on that. Yeah, that's shit. You know, and I, I really just kind of went, you know, you had a you had an opportunity to be like a good guy, you know, and all that type of stuff. And basically what you did is you turned into a petulant child, you know, and he basically said, yeah, I'm not quite too sure about that. I don't know where to pin the tail on the rocket doll. And I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, I get it. Because like, it sounds like mm. this and it sounds like that, but we look different, you know, it's a bit of a mishmash really, you know, and it was yeah. our first record of shit. I get it, you know, but... You know, I just think, you know, if everyone's it's on first, everyone's first, what do you think? Iron Maiden's first album's amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's we're uh, fucking right, you know. Right. And you know, so and he goes, yeah, they had a help, they had some help because um, it was it was mixed and mastered by Ace from Skunk Nancy. You know, that's why it sounds like Whoa! it's all guitar heavy, you know, because it's yeah, like yeah. you know, mixed and mastered by a guitar player. So I I love that because it's just like check the guitars <laughs> all the way through. My you guitars, know? yeah, all the guitars and kick and snare, just like Whoa! oh yeah, just that's what I love though. You know, yeah, yeah, it just sounds massive every time you put it on. It's it sounds better than like most other albums still because it's just fucking slammed. You know, it's just God, it's great. You know, and it was done on like an old Ludwig kit. There's no like. There's no like beat detection on it. It's just mixed really well, you know, and things like that. Um, but yeah, he's and he said like, yeah, they've had some help um, with Ace from Skunk and Nancy, and uh, they probably needed it. And I was like, oh, oh, cheeky. And then and then he was like, um, looking at the members of the band. That's it. You guessed it, Nofla. And I was like, fucking hell, here we go. And then he yeah. goes, um, not exactly like like a common name not either, smith so. is it smith <laughs> mate yeah you know and he goes um yeah let's hope um he can play drums better than his dad can play guitar oh and it was like that's why his dad's an was, amazing guitar i was like dude like he will play any of your members of your band out of the water any day of the week you know um he's literally one of the ludicrous. greatest it's just and it was just like and not to have respect really? for like the genre of music. Brother in Arms is like one of the biggest selling records. Brother in Arms probably sold more records than any I Maiden records. You know what I mean? It's oh like, yeah, of course it has. Yeah, it's like outsold. It's got records and stuff. Like as in you know Guinness physical. Records. Yeah, you know, and it's you like know. what such. And I was just like, you know, I much put would have preferred him to go. Yeah, that thing's not my cup of tea. You know, but I wish the guys all the best or something. You know. Or to even just go, this is tosh, you know, or slate it. But the fact he had to, you know, he couldn't really do that. And he chose yeah. not to do that. And he chose to kind of go, oh, he tried to mention Skunk and Nancy and Ace into, into the picture, say that we needed help from him, you know, and what? then say that um, Ben's dad's a shit guitar player and hopefully Ben's a better drummer than his dad is on the guitar player, which doesn't make any sense anyway. But to put all those things into contention, just like, you know, if I would, if that was in person, I would have smashed him in the face. That's stupid. That's really that's a low blow from someone like that in the industry, who's who's yeah. quite well respected singer. Do you know what I mean and stuff? So trying to probably thought he was like being like a comedy genius again and just not I really. Think he was. Yeah, I think he was trying to think. Like, I love made artists lows and they are incredible. You know, I'm a huge fan. You know, and stuff. There was a period when I wasn't. You know, there was a weird period when he left the band and there was like yeah it's an old period like that in the 90s where like no one liked Maiden it was like they literally their biggest there was a point where they sort of dropped down to Brixton Academy I mean they're an arena band you know what I mean but they there was a period in their lives where it kind of wasn't you know it was a bit like one night at Brixton Academy you're like Ooh, you know yeah and for someone like Maiden that's that's pretty bad they did an album called Virtual Eleven I think you've ever heard it I don't think it's, it. it's like the last time they did with Blaze Bailey just before Bruce Dickinson came in it's about 98 
not a good record, mate. Just a like, howler, is it? It's like it's an album that they should really. But ironically, they still play one song from it live, and it's called The Klansman. And I saw them a couple of years ago at Birmingham NEC with my brother and stuff. It was amazing. It was like Spitfire and things like that. It was really cool. It's a great show. That's cool. And, and um, he can still sing like motherfucker. You know, it's great. But, oh yeah, they're all whoops, yeah, they're all amazing. Talented, but they? it, yeah. it was weird. They still sort of play a track from the album, uh, Blaze Bailey era, and it's it's kind of like. It's really weird. It's such a weird. There's a couple of albums he did. He did an album called The X Factor, which is Blaze Bailey, and that's quite good. But the one after that is just like, I'm not sure where they were going with that. It's got weird synthy keyboards, and it's just there's no impact in the album. It just sounds a bit dog shit. And it's they sort of reinvent. They sort of when they came back with Bruce Dickinson again, it all and Adrian Smith, you know, who writes amazing songs. He's mm. a big songwriting team smith dickinson you know yeah um, they 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 wrote um brave new wellness great you know i think that's when they got kev shirley in to do all the records and that's why that's why the drums sound ridiculously compressed and yeah sound like cardboard but apart from that you know like it sounds it's um it's um you know his rack mates is racked on me and me and tony um uh this is i'm not like you know because like he's a Kevin Shelley's mix and uh, he did Frog oh. Stomp, didn't he? I didn't realize that he did Frog Stomp and he's done, he's done some incredible records and he's an amazing, amazing mixing engineer. But he's definitely got a sound and it's, I'm not sure. I don't think it transcends well in the modern age. Yeah, I think that's say? all it is. I think that's what it is. This sort of like his drum sounds weird. I, I can't put my finger on it, but his rack tom, his tom sounds like a really overbearing. And I remember Tony, the engineer who who um, recorded it in Glorious Records, and he mastered them. Well, the ones I did anyway, and the previous ones. How many were you on? Two. Just one, mate. Just one. I did that Right to Nowhere album. Is uh, that the, the last one? Not. I did the last one. Is it good? No, it's not. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. And I'll be. I'll be. I'll be honest. Might as well. We're here. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you know, um, there was no love for it. There was no love for the like. No one wanted to be there. I think I think with that band, the best the best record they did was the one when I sort of rejoined, right? And it was because the guys were all on kind of fire. They were all on gung ho. They were all just like they just had a, a little bit of like a, the first album came out and they did that and it sort of um, did okay in that genre in that world. And they did some great tours with some great bands. And then they recorded the second album during that tour. So they were all kind of like happy and, and Kev Shirley kind of like mixed it. And it just sounds, you know, you listen to it. I, I do rate it. Like, it's not like, I know I'm not in the band anymore for the reasons that we all know and, you know, that why we left and stuff. But um, I still, it's not like I don't dislike some of those records. Like, I think they're great, you know. Is it the one that, uh, this is, okay. The blue cover, the blue cover. I didn't play on that one. I played on the white cover one. Is it what's the one? Is that riff you? No, who that is? That's Cole, right? That is Colin, uh, Colin's song, and that, again, like that goes back to like the songwriting and stuff. Like, he was a huge, huge, huge integral part of that. Um, I don't class myself as a songwriting glorious in any way, shape, or form because I don't know how to write that type of music. It was the wrong band for me, I knew that from the beginning. I just use it as a bit, it was a great, bust some sick solos on it though. That's not me, mate. After that's Ade. I got a couple of moments, but Ade again. I spoke to him the other day. Like he's amazing. He's he's an incredible guitarist. Like really into Richie Kotzen and 
that, you know that Love that Richard lineup Smith. of the bands is great you know which it, so it, which album is it then is it inglorious 2 that you're on no sound, three. this this makes me sound like a right twat because i don't know that's all right no it's fine i don't look i don't mind it's fine talk about it. it's fine it's like i don't give a shit because it was it was great you it's know not, like, it's not a genre that i like so I never no it's not a genre i like and that's the that's a one of the reasons i'm glad i'm not doing anymore because you can't be true to yourself you know you sort of you do it because it's like you know it's just great experiences and you think oh wow cool i get to play this and i get to play that so i'm not that yeah one. that's that's me yeah that one there but don't listen to it because it's just the guitar sounds horrible and we we going back to going back to kev shirley mixing it and stuff like we used to get the mixes back and tony the engineer used to be like And and it was like Tony was proper like being like, guys, can you just use someone else? Like, there's plenty of other people there. Like, you get for half the price that I like, more hungrier, like younger and hungrier. Yeah, right. There's something to be said yeah. about that. And um, it just, yeah, I don't know. I I just don't feel that record. It's just, but that's for a lot of reasons. You know, we didn't want to be there. We we the songs weren't really finished. As far as I'm concerned, it need they needed time to just, you know. But then, you know, I guess there's record company delivery times. You know, it's the first time I've ever been in a situation where it was like, we need an album on this date. And when someone gives you a date and a deadline, but you haven't written a thing and you've got stuff from scratch, that's frightening. That's weird. That's how, you, weird. How, how the fuck do you get around that, man? Because I've obviously, I mean, hey, I've you never... just got to go like, you better start writing then. And that's why the best writers succeed, I guess, you know, um, because they can just pull out the box like that. They're like, yeah, my friend George is like that. It's yeah, some people just like, you know, me, I'm, I'm just like, I sit on shit for years and let it Same. fester. And I'm, but eventually you'll get an album out of me. Like, you know, with Just a Ride, like, I would say Just a Ride is, will be the accumulation of the last five years. Yeah, because I started that band before I joined Inglorious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's all you know. It's a bit. It's it's a bit of a here we go for me. You know, Inglorious to me is just it's just like a. Stop it was that. a moment. I don't. It's weird. Yeah, like I don't see it as a big deal because it's it's it was a couple of years out of my life, you know. And I'm 38. Do you know what I mean? So I see it as great experiences. And what you do, you take away from it. What you want to do, but more importantly, what you don't want from it mm, i think that's very the key with stuff like that because some people be like what'd you leave that band for it's amazing I was like, you know do you really want me to go into the details do you know what i yeah. mean about about stuff and and i don't need to go into the details because i think everyone knows but yeah of course yeah um it's you know and it's great he's got his new lineup i, I i'm pretty sure like it probably sounds good the new record i've heard bits of it and it sounds great like it's so what like he's probably got a lineup now that is really happy to be there you know give it a few years and you know <laughs> <laughs> but but at this moment in time it's it's um i'm sure they're all flying on all cylinders because it's their first kind of opportunity and their first type of you know thing to do it. and they're great musicians you know i'm sure they are i don't know much about them. the only one i know is danny the guitarist um he's phenomenal when he's a little kid you know he's 21 years old and he's I was about gonna... to say i i, I was um yeah. this, this is I kind of funny it. actually it's like i was um in 2019 i was on the road a hell of a lot i was doing a lot of tour managing and mm. a lot of teching and stuff like that um while we we're finishing up you know getting the mixes back for our record yeah stuff, yeah you know and then 
I'm a bit of a road dog, as you know. So I like, yeah, I, I was happy to be out there. Happy on the road, yeah. Happy on the road, you know. And I was with the Amorettes and Tequila Mockingbird when they were doing that thing around that time. So mm. it was really cool to be out on the road. But Jill, is it Jill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah, can play, she's man. Nice. She can really, and Laurie, she's a great player. They, they were all really good players, actually. Um, and yeah, they played Stone Deaf or Stone Dead. I can't mm. remember which way around the festival's named now because of whatever reason. And uh, Chris Sumby, that guy's amazing. Um, yeah, so I was doing all that stuff, and they were playing like a couple of um, slots after the whatever tequila or Amaretz, whichever round it was at the time. And uh, when he arrived, I was walking out of like the artist bit, and he had his glasses on inside. <laughs> and uh, he was—he actually there was these two women like clutching bags, like holdalls, right? Like. Um, you know, like a holder if you're going to go to like fucking America for a week or some it's shit. Like, like, like proper yeah. like suitcases, yeah. Did he have his bodyguard? <laughs> well, I don't, well, that's, I don't know because there was this guy kind of slightly that behind him. There's these two women <laughs> carrying all these bags and he went, yeah, if you could just keep up with me, that'd be great. And that's how, that was, that's when I, I didn't meet him, but he went past me and he went, yeah, if you could just keep up with me, that'd be great. I mean, just, just that alone says it all to me, you yeah. know? I remember um, laughing as he walked like, past. I was just like, <laughs> like they're just laughing because yeah. I was like, well, that's that's the problem. You know? That's the problem. People just laugh, and it's a shame, really, because you know he's an amazing singer. He is, yeah. You know? Some of the other staff members from the festival, like the people who worked there, actually looked at me and were just like, you know, like bug-eyed at me. Just going, yeah, that's what Did that's that what just happened. Did spent, we just see that? Spent those two years with people looking at us going like that, you know, and and that's. That's the problem, you know, with that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, to me, it's just funny, the whole thing, because yeah. A, it's just a band. Like, everyone, right. you know, exactly. it's only, like, it's only music, you know, people, <laughs> people get so wrapped up in, in fame. Uh, just taking it all too seriously. And it's, oh, it's great. I've it's a it. job and it's it. great and it's brilliant. And I love playing and performing and people going, yeah. And, you know, no we all love feeling. That. And yeah. that's, and that's that feeling, but, it's like, like that side of it is ludicrous to me. And when someone's not really, like, when you, if you're Prince and you act a bit like that, you kind of go, or Michael Jackson or or someone like that, you kind of go, like, well, yeah, okay, like they're they're like they're like really untouchable, aren't they? Famous and successful and all this kind of stuff. But when when you just when you still like. Um, I, I don't want to say to you because I don't want it to come across like, you know, like wankerish or anything, but it's like when you, when you basically just still live at home and, you know, it's with you, he still lives at home with his mum and dad. So I don't, I don't really understand. Like, I'm not, I'm not knocking, like, he, 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 he is incredibly driven and incredibly focused. All right. And it's, it's intoxicating, that kind of stuff. It's like, you want people like that. You need people like that. Mm, yeah. Shit doesn't get done otherwise. You know, people people like him are incredibly driven, incredibly, incredibly motivated, incredibly focused and know exactly what they want and how they want to do it. And part of me admires that, you know, part of me, I admire that side of him. And I said that yeah, to the yeah. management at the time. I think, I think, you know, but it was the it was the other shit I couldn't deal with, the bullying and the and the the nastiness to people and, and it will override that everything. type. Of, yeah, it overrides that's, all of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it overrides everything for me, and I'm just like, well, 
you don't need to be like that. You know, you just don't need to be like that in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's you don't not ever, ever not need to be like that. Well, yeah, and and unfortunately, you know, that video and stuff like that. It's it, it's like when he did that, I was like, there you go. Well, you know, I've never, I, you know, I've never really spoken like properly, like you know, and all this kind of stuff. But it's like because I, I don't need to go on the internet and go. <laughs> you know, I know because people are desperate for your opinion on it, and I yeah, appreciate you talking it, about it. And, on it, this, and but, it's like, you know. and I, I'm neither here nor there with it. I don't lose sleep over it. But yeah, I, 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 I'm glad I was part of it for a little bit. Yeah, um, it was great fun. You know, it, it was. It takes your game to another level because everyone in the band is incredibly talented incredible musicians um like phil and cole and Ada. i mean just just regardless of what any if it was called something else like you know a band just a lineup of that caliber is just unstoppable you know it's just like yeah. wow you feel so confident when you get on the stage with that type of lineup um as I've done sessions like that it's it's an yeah. empowering thing it makes you play better because you feel a bit more you got safe. up your game you just got up your game it makes everyone up their game and and you know and the same with you know his voice nice voice and stuff it's like it's so good like he's he's just unreal it's an, an amazing voice but it, it's like that moment on stage is amazing it's it's just all the other it's the the people people have no idea what it's like being really being in a band like it's shit most of the time you know 90 percent of being in a band is bullshit it's, it's absolutely yeah, shit it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> definitely and i love it i love being band that's what i'm excited about like yeah. my projects and stuff and the guys are great and i think with my project with my band and stuff it's really the true thing i want to do it's the truth and you it's can going tell to be, that it's going to be the, uh, the only honest thing i will ever do i think you know this is me like being as open and honest as possible i've done so many bands over the years you're right <laughs> whole place oh, went down fucking did that record or not yes it's now saying converting meeting recording now oh that's good it. that's okay Wait. maybe it's like an automatic thing i can't remember where we got to just talking about back you know our records weren't we and stuff like that sort of saying about you know like the passion behind you know the thing that yeah. you want to do and it's really important to do the thing that you truly like to do you know it's it's you know unless you're a session player and then again that goes back to what i do you know as well because you got to pay the bills at the same time so yeah and you know forget that. well yeah and i think the thing that gets i find with all the sort of planet rock bands and stuff like that that gets kind of it's it's thrown out like oh you're um you're some made millionaire i'm actually going back to inglorious again i remember people you know fans would just think you're some made rock star like and you're not yeah. you, you just got to treat it like you know I, I need to work i need to make income and and like we were we were getting paid and stuff a little bit for the live shows um but you know only for that you know and it's and yeah. it's people people just have no idea like how how much it costs to run a band first and foremost you know i'm watching my cost go up for this album at the moment it's like you know it starts off at like yeah we could do it for a couple of grand you know like 18 grand later you're like oh god i still haven't got the first mix back like <laughs> oh dude the art disconnect was like in every area was just expensive 
Yeah. How are we going to make that sound good? How are we going to do that? You know, but you, it really makes you think like, you know, when you, back in the day, when you had like the budgets and stuff from the big labels that, you know, but what you ratio was tangible. That's the thing that people yeah. understand is that, okay, you got like a half a million pound record deal. But the thing is your album, even if it flopped, would make two million. Exactly. Exactly that. You know, it, it's, that is exactly that. And that's why, our, that's why record companies are refusing to do those deals anymore because you, they're not going to make that back anymore. You but know. they are though this is the weird thing right and this oh, is really? what, yeah no one talks about this stuff right and i you know um christ i thought um it was <laughs> happening again <laughs> zoom just threw me off and i was like fuck's sake you know like this is our third time recording this by the way people all right we should um, finish up in about 20 minutes i'm hungry i'm getting lunch <laughs> yeah i was about to say we've actually you know we've probably done about 10 hours as usual i've got to finish yeah up, yeah it's know. fine yeah. we'll wrap it up man um but there you go. I can't remember what I was fucking saying. Thanks to Zoom. Saying about the record companies taking all the money and because yeah, they signed a deal, right? Because it's all about licensing. That's what people don't really right, understand. Yeah. Okay, you know, and people go like, Spotify are doing every all the bands out of money. It's like, mm, yes, but uh, there's a reason because of that. It's not they didn't, you know, Daniel Ek actually started Spotify because he wanted to pay bands, right? He wanted people to make really? streaming. Yeah, look at the, the original business plan, right? All public record, all public knowledge. Go and look at it. Look at early interviews. Amazing. 15 years ago. And how he got it was, um, you know, he didn't want to, you know, he had Sean Fanning um, and the other guy from Napster helping him start. Because mm. he took that thing and he just made it better. And the thing is, that Daniel Ek... Everyone knew that Sean guy. He used <sighs> to do Facebook when he as well. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's yeah. ruined everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he literally gets involved with a great idea and then somehow fucking makes it shit, you know. But now he's laughing because he's worth like half a billion. I don't know. Fucking, there's me like, he how is, much he, he worth? I'm like, well, according to my last tax bill, about nineteen p, you know. So, um, <laughs> forty three pound. My last bill was, by the way, was it? <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah, well, that wasn't even tax. I wrote most of mine off. It was um, uh, what's it called? Um, national insurance. And then, oh but, yeah, yeah. I, Actually, my class did was 200 quid, but because I, I got a rebate, it paid off more. Like, oh, fucking hell. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm same thing. I think I ended up paying like a small amount, but really I earned yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. Um, not a lot, basically, was the thing. Um, <laughs> Maybe the cut this bit out because they might look into it. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Well, the thing is, if someone's like, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? And I go, no, I'd like to pay more tax because then it would know that I'd, then I'd be earning money. There is that. Yeah. Being honest. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing, like, I don't want to, and of course I do pay my way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not yeah, one of those yeah, very much so. shysters because I know so many people that do yeah. and they get, and I'm like, you're fucking rolling a dice with it, which hasn't got all the numbers. Oh, mate. I've got an accountant because I don't know how it works. Same. I've got an accountant and it's all done legit. Yeah. And he just yeah, says, yeah, okay, yeah. sign here on the dotted line. And yeah. this is how much you got to pay. So Best I, way. I, I sign the dotted line. I pay the bill and I don't have to worry about it for another 12 months. So there you go, you know. Um, but yes, you know, the record company struck a deal with um, Daniel Ek, mm. you know, um, about how much everything's worth to make it to make it all financially viable. Now, at the start, um, I believe for the first ten years of Spotify, it's been going thirteen, fourteen years now. Yeah, things like the first eight, nine, maybe ten years. We'll say ten just for shits and gigs. It didn't make any money. It was just hemorrhaging money, you know. But the record companies have been making more money than they ever have in the last four or five years. 
Like, Unreal, it's it? all public. This is the thing, right? This is the thing, people. All this stuff is public record. Go and look at it. It's not some mysterious thing that you have to read in some broadsheet or shit. Yeah. You know, it's all there for you to see. And yes, as an artist, it sucks because we get 0.003 of a, an American dollar cent. That's nothing. You know? Unreal, and, you, and, you know, you do the maths. I think 10, 000, 10 million streams is about 30 grand. You know, you can't even put a, a deposit for a house. Who the hell gets 10 million streams? You like, know. even a top artist barely get. you know, it's like... Well, there's a gap. This, this is the thing, right? Because obviously I study this stuff. Yeah, and yeah, lecture yeah. about it. There's a massive middle gap. There's no middle ground. There's no, like, oh, there's there. You're either, you're either us or you're the weekend. You know, there's no, like, real in-between. You mm. know, you go and look at... Um, uh, I don't know, look at the police. They've still got 50 million monthly listeners. Really? Yeah. You know. Yeah, but there is the police. They're like one of the greatest bands that ever lived. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course they are. But, you know, um, look at Nirvana. They've still got like 20 million, you know, things like that. Yeah, like, okay. Um, you know, they've still got like millions and millions of things happening there, you know, mm. and you've got to compete with that still. Like, it's even harder now to compete. People go, oh, it's a great time to be able to do this. Right. Yes, it is. But the, qu the quality control Oh, the QC pisses me off. There's no qu the thing is there's no quality yeah. control anymore, and the reason why, and we spoke about this when you came yeah, to we did, my lectures, we? is that there was a kind of guy, not as a gatekeeper, but like he had golden ears, and he went, "This thing's going to be really good," and he'd take a punt on it, and they'd work them up and they'd get them guitar lessons, drum lessons, the amount of times you'd hear like old stories of like, you know, behind the music stuff. And they go, yeah, the record company put us into like these strict rehearsal rooms where in the morning we'd all have vocal warm-ups, So we all yeah. learned to sing. And then we yeah. have like how to use our ramps, how to fucking play guitar properly. You know, mm. we could write songs, but we could barely play, you know, things like that. That used to happen. That was part of it, you know, mm. and they'd stick you in a house in London so you could live and breathe it, you know, and they'd go like, you know, here's an allowance. You don't worry about rent. Your rent's covered, you know, type of thing. Just live and me and be excellent, you know. Yeah. That, and, you know, that is not there anymore. But no. if, if you were to pay an artist one cent per stream, your Spotify payment per month is going to be about $30 a month that goes up ten, you know, three times its value if you were to pay an artist 10 cents per stream okay that's 300 dollars a month you'd have to pay spotify to make it viable for everyone and the th reason why it's that much and you think well how much does spotify make is that spotify don't really make a lot of money but it's all theoretical when they say net worth and all the stuff it's all theoretical numbers and maths and probability yeah. factors it's not real tangible stuff you can hold and feel but the yeah. record companies have the real tangible stuff that they hold and feel and they have a plethora of money coming in left right and center but because of the fear factor they have on it they just don't share it they keep it all in together you know really random stuff like um you know, Sony had just bought Cobalt pu Music Publishing and AWOL Distribution. Yeah, I saw you post about that. And it is, to me, that's just devastating. Mm. I'm gutted because Cobalt Publishing were like one of the best publishers in the world. You know, and I learned so much through someone who worked at Cobalt um, via 
the pitch shifter stuff. You know, not yeah. direct, like they tell that and then I was told to do stuff via this and that, you know what I mean? Because I do some work for them and stuff. And I learned the knowledge that I learned from them just accelerated me like this and to be able to do this and do that. Sure, and the yeah. Benefit, the benefit was in the pudding. Like I got pitch shifted from 50,000 monthly listeners on uh, Spotify yeah, to over 100,000. Cool. That's cool. Pitch shifted you know, bad. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I got Jim, uh, Jim, the old guitarist who was in Prodigy and stuff coming on the show in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's they it. were great, but I wasn't really massively into them. But I remember they were—they had a big, you know, they were a big name. Uh, I think nineties or two thousands pitch shifter. They're nineties, man. They started at nineties, well, wasn't it? Eighty nine. Yeah, so. yeah, I thought so. They were like kind of one of the pioneers of like that type of stuff, you know. And it was of the British movement, anyway. Um, oh yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Um, they've got some yeah, fucking nuts. I remember uh, I've got the the blue, I saw the Blueprint or something. Do you remember them? Blueprint? Yeah, that was part of them as well. That was all kind of mixed in with Erte 9 and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah. I saw them once, but I never saw Pitch Shifter. Um, but Pitch Shifter, a great but That was all part of that. Do you remember he used to use those Maverick guitars? Going back to guitars again. Yes. These Maverick guitars, and it was a couple of dudes from Ibanez. They were amazing guitars. They don't make them anymore, but um, they were, I really rate, and they're the volume pots, but they were like side on. So you would. Yeah, they were like sliders. Yeah, like rolling. Yeah, I used to like those guitars. They were really nice necks on them and yeah, fast to play. And yeah, man, it was good stuff. But going back to music industry, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? It All just doesn't stuff. trickle down. It just doesn't trickle it down. It doesn't trickle down. And it, I, I genuinely like, it's all right being like, I see, bands and stuff going like yeah rock's not dead and all this kind of stuff and it's not like it's not you're exactly right but the underground's just really big the underground's really big you know all these all the classic rock it's just underground you know it's not Mm. it's certainly not in the in the limelight but it might come through who knows but again but the the problem is is no i don't think sorry i don't think it will be for a long time it just it's not moving it's not it's not it's not moving as far i mean if you look at how pop has changed in the last two years like the problem is with the rock music that's in plant like underground and planet rock it's just the same music from 1980 and it's the same music there's nothing sort of original coming through it's my only my only right. uh, yeah thing for me i might be wrong i mean again, that's why they don't like us I'm I'm my band very well dude sorry you know we got radio play on it you know because i think it was popular enough yeah because you were doing the alternative rock thing and that's the thing i think i always a bit worry about with my band but then going back to the like it's okay because it's it's the thing you love to do yeah you know you don't do the thing why why do the thing you can really hate doing the thing you love i was going to get that put on a t-shirt you know what i mean you can really hate it and it's that's always an interesting i try and explain it to people sometimes like oh you get to you get to do this or you get to do that it's like yeah but you can you can still hate the thing you love if it's not like the thing that you want it to be, and then you get then you get people going, well, you should be thankful for that, you know. It's like, well, well, I, I had I had that with the last Dolls album. I, making that album was the best experience of my amazing. entire life. Amazing, but the promotion into it coming up was one of the worst times in my life. Really? So it's like tainted that, you know. That's with, sad. That's you know, shame. and. You know that that was for personal reasons of, of of course as well in there, but you know, and obviously you know, releasing you know, just we were supposed to tour the world. Literally, we were going to play Australia, Japan, and do all these great things, and that will never happen now. It will literally never happen, you know, unless you know oh, yeah. some miraculous thing happened, you know. And it's hard; it's a hard pill to swallow. 
you know um a lot of you would have put a lot of work into it you can hear it that's why i've always sad for you because it's like that sounds like you effort like not in a, in a good way but i mean as in like it sounds like you put in the effort and the time we and, yeah I, there was there was moments where i was in the you know you know recording vocal process and stuff like that where yeah. i was in floods of tears dude like man tears you know and like it was just so yeah. so fucking hard to make some of that you know because i was really putting my heart on my sleeve yeah you know um my personal life was starting to deteriorate mm. you know and you know just many other factions in that were were just hard and it's you know when i hear it sometimes if it pops on you know like you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like you put it on your daily mix, and a rocket doll tune just gets slotted in there somewhere. And I just go like, "Christ!" You can just hear the how unbelievably unhappy I am, and it makes me really sad. You yeah. know, so I, it's it's an album I really really like. I, it sounds silly, but when we finished that album, I loved listening to it because I've never been so proud of anything like that in my really? life. Like I love it, eyes, I, love frames. Always have that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and when I when I yeah. see what it did you know like and it's just there's like i'm not trying to be a big-headed fuck but there is nothing in years gone by and coming out that sounds anything like it it no. is totally but that's why i own thing it. you know that's the thing it was like but it's also it's downfall yeah badly because no one got it no that's the thing it. like a lot of people that pre-ordered it too, were, too too much too soon too early i think so yeah that's the sad thing about it you know yeah. all the best bands made three albums and fucked off anyway yeah, you know, yes. like, you know, to quote um, Jamie Lemon, but um, ah, another great artist. Me and Mark were talking about him last night. Mark's been working with him recently. Oh god, that will sound amazing if he's if those two. I've got together. yeah, I've got one of Jamie's records because I like Ruben. I'm a big Ruben fan, and I like Very Fast, Very Dangerous. Um, that's oh, dude, yes. Um, I think Sheldon did that one actually. That's that's, that's another reason why we went with Sheldon. Uh, but great, great melodies. I love the. I love. I think Jamie Lemon's a genius. And, yeah, he, uh, he's a he's a legit genius. That guy. Yeah, like one of those. But he kind of stopped music for a while, didn't he? And just got a day job, I think, for a, for. A he, while he's a that. he's a graphic designer. Oh, is that what he does? Is that his yeah? He does a lot of graphic art. He's an incredible artist. I'd love to meet him and just sort of you know because I, I, I saw I, I saw Ruben back. I oh, do you know him? Dude? Um, I saw no, I Ruben, don't know him. But I'd love to get him on here. You know? Yeah, I saw Ruben back in the day, like when they were first coming out, and they did a video. I'm in one. Of their, I'm not in their video, but I I'm right at the back where they did a video at the Wedger Rooms and I was at that gig, so it was really cool. I saw him uh, live twice. It might have been like, let's stay hanging out and let's... Oh, yeah. That is... It might have been oh, in that video. There was... Mate, I was almost sort of part of that scene at one point. I was in a band called um, Archie and the Instincts when I was a kid, when I was like... 21. Great name. Yeah, singer. Actually, the singer now works at Waterbay. He's called Tom Stevens. And he was in a band called. Um... I know Tom Stevens really well. Yeah, so I was in his band when I was because he was he was in Freeze the Atlantic with the rest of Ruben. Yeah. So Tom is an uh, interesting fellow. I'll just leave it at that. And uh... <laughs> uh, and but he's he's a very intelligent bloke. Very bright. Very bright, you know. And he sort of had his own sort of guitar. He used to do loads of guitar lessons, teach. So he's always done teaching, I think. But he sort of ended up at Water Bear a lot when the business dudes there. But apparently, but when I haven't been able to find him for years, I wonder what happened to him. But the band, it was like a trio. But it was again not really my music. It was a bit emo for me, right? Yeah. Uh, but emo core stuff. But they had one of their tracks mixed by Larry from. It sounded awful, but um, Hundred Reasons. Um, 
but it was all around that time and it's in farnborough there was like a little place it was all far the farnborough lot like not like north camp and up there not far from me about an hour away and it's like a whole there was a whole scene it was like there's a uh management company called um gravity dip which were part of and it had like bands like um oh christ what the names I don't know if Vex Red were part of it all, but there used to be a really cool recording studio up there. Uh, and there used to be a band called, um, oh, what's the guitarist called? I can't remember his name now. Oh, I can't remember. There was just loads of bands, like proper emo bands. Right. And um, we used to play, we used to tour around and do all sorts. But, and we played like XFM Live and stuff like that. We had a good time. They did really well, actually, in the instincts. But it was definitely, there was definitely sort of a scene. And I remember meeting like Ruben's manager. I think his name was Barney. I don't know, years ago, but they were great. I always thought they were the one that stood out for me. There was a place, do you remember a place in Kingston called the Kingston Peel? Yes, I played there with. I played there a few oh times. My God, it's not there anymore, it is it? Or it's not a venue anymore, I don't know. Or no. Weird. That, But that was the place. Like, that was like where bands, that was like where you cut your teeth. That was like the venue. Um, there was a guy great called, venue. a band called Lucky 13, and this guy called Dave House, who thought he was. Um, God's gift. Yeah, but I thought he was. Um, dashboard confessional you know what i mean all that kind of stuff <laughs> it was just all that kind of stuff you know it was that Yellow type of era and that type of music um you know he thought he was like dallas green or something you know what's that band sitting in color and all that kind of stuff yeah and he's amazing do you know what i mean um i love that name he's taking his name and turn it city in color dallas green i was like oh yeah great idea um that's a, oh that's really cool i didn't i didn't clock yeah that. there you go yeah if you don't know like oh he's from a bank called city in color and then he goes out as Dallas Green. I'm like, oh, a city in a color. Yeah, of course. Great, great, great idea. Um, and then, um, yeah, man, this is a long time ago. And it's when Violent, Di Violent Delight was around, but they were more of the punk kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so I was in a band with him. And it, yeah, all that. Ruben were just unbelievable. And even now, so going back to his record, when he came back, he did, I got his first record. It's like a red cover. And he's just kind of, I didn't recognize him at first. He's got shaved head and a tash. I was like, cause you said, and, and he's lost about 50 stone in weight as well. Hasn't he? Yeah. And it's an amazing record. It's so good. There's a really cool riff that goes, um, I can't remember now. Or something like that. It's like, doo -doo -doo. And it's like, but his melodies are great. Like, oh, I yeah, love his he's... voice. Um, Sort of reminded me of Tom Gleason a little bit. Kind of had that kind of yeah stuff to his voice, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's not singing; it's kind of talking, but like a bit shouty and a bit. I don't yeah, know. I know what you mean. It's you know what I mean? Of, like a rock version of crooning. Yeah, it's a bit like that. And but that album, that Ruben albums, I think it was a shame they didn't. Um, you know, it just goes back to you know, it just is what it is, isn't it? You know, like did they? There was a great interview with him, and the, he was saying there's so many people that go come back come back and he was like we're never going to come back because it will spoil it and i actually agree with him i think if they came back you know yeah as much as you'd want that nostalgia i just i, I think sometimes it's left as this delicate piece that was you know if you, if you never if, if you never saw it then tough shit type of thing you know yeah. and he said you know the amount of people that come up to him and ask him about it he goes well, where were you the first time you know, where were you in the shows? Because, you know, we played to half empty rooms and sometimes barely anyone there, but yet we got all these people that saying, 
come back, come back, and he was, and he was like, where, uh, yeah. the, where the fuck were you the first time? Because yeah, it yeah, I'm sure, out, I'm sure that's the problem, isn't it? You know, it's that loud minority on the internet. I always call it. Yeah, that, you know, it's the same with politics. It's like people go yeah. like, oh my god, there's loads of people saying it. Same with being in a band. You go, man, there's loads of demand for us to play in um, the Cotswolds. You know, and you go, we should do a gig there. And you do a gig there, and there's five people there. And you go, I thought there was a demand here. Well, it's actually just five people repeating themselves in different factions all over the place. Just a very loud minority. It's amazing what the internet can do and make your band seem bigger than what it truly is. So We used to be massive in Weymouth. Did you? Yeah, we used to sell out Weymouth like every time we go there. Weird, isn't it? And it was great. It had had some of my best times were playing in Weymouth, yeah. There was a weird sort of scene at one point. Like, I find the rock scenes bigger uh, up Midlands. Like, so yeah. when you play, like, have you ever played, um, what's it called? Oh, bugger, I can't remember the name of it now. It's on the circuit. It's about 700 capacity. Oh, shit. It's in the Midlands anyway. Sheffield Corporation. No, nah, it's not Sheffield. It's like, it's near Bromsgrove or Birmingham up there somewhere. I'm talking about Midlands, Midlands. Yeah, like yeah, that. Sorry, yeah, I'm so south because I'm from got, Jersey, yeah. so everything above. Oh, uh, mate, me too. I'm just north. Too, but you got MMH radio, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. The Bil- Bilston, it's in Bilston. God, I can't think of it. Well, what about? Oh. I always notice that. I always notice like you play there, and it's people are just fans of whatever. They just yeah. go. They come out because it's part Walt of the Hampton thing, yeah. or Bill, yeah, Bilston. Robin, the Robin 2. Oh shit. Have you ever played the Robin 2? God, many moons ago, mate. Yeah, I did it, I did it with um what their chops uh, a few times, and I've done it with tribute acts before. I've done it with Bon Jovi. Oh uh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Um that's great. They love their rock up there, it's great. But it's weird, like South's really hard. Southampton, and I played a few places in Southampton. The problem with down south is right, and I say this. We're all just a bit upper class, you know. Well, <laughs> there is a bit of that. There's definitely a bit of that, and and I mean this as polite as I can. The quality of musicianship is better down south. <sighs> oh, you're going to upset some people. Saying I'm going to upset some people, and and I have factual evidence of this because I've got the, facts. <laughs> I got facts. Okay, you twats. You know, and the thing of it is, is that all the big music colleges are down south. Okay, in Brighton alone, you have two or three different BIMs. You had Worthing College, you had Northbrook College, you have access to music, you had um, got Water Bear now down there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And ACM's really only up the road at Guildford. You know, just in a, such a small bubble, you know, you've got so much stuff there. Okay. And so the the, the talent there, and it, this is going back um, when I first moved to Brighton, and it was a beautiful place. It's not the same place as it was anymore. No, um, I and don't like no, no. Subsequently, when I when I moved from there last year, I kind of looked over my shoulder and I was like, "See you later, Brighton." Yeah, hope you miss me. Lost its you know? charm, isn't it? It's yeah, it good. has. Yeah, it's not the same place. It looks grey and dirty now. It didn't. It used to be vibrant. It doesn't have that place thing about it at all. And the people are very different. It's become. It's become a caricature of what it once was. I think is a really yeah. good way to describe it, and I, I'm, I, I only mean that with honesty and love. I don't mean it yeah, in yeah, a, no, a slagging off way to anyone who's from Brighton, of course. But yeah, yeah. my mum's originally from Brighton, so it has a mm. I'm Brightonian by heart. By Brighton, Bright, Brightons, Brightons, you know, and Bright Onion. I think Bright. there's a Bright Onion pedals. I've got some of that. Really? Shout yeah, out to Bright Onion pedals. 
yeah it's like they do like um it's not pedals but they do like um like what's it called boxes like i've got a box with routers and things so when i had all effects pedals i just rooted everything oh, sick man yeah yeah i've got a gt that does that it's great that thing is great for that stuff yeah. especially for me because i've got a million and one effects and turning amps well, on that's why i got shit. rid of all that i just went and just got myself a bosch gta i'm <laughs> i i'm got this weird thing with frequency that i hear and it really drives me nuts like i, I can hear it in my guitar i'm like there's something missing out of this amp so i put a different amp in there and i'm like that amp's missing this and when you put them together you dial them slightly differently of course you don't dial them in the same that'd be stupid no, but yeah, you, you build a tone with two yeah i do that yeah know. like for recording yeah yeah it's like two left and right and then something completely different in the middle if you just yeah. put the same guitar amp it's like it doesn't really do anything but if you put a second different chunk here or something it's just got a different frequency it's like it, yeah it makes everything go like that it's like yeah um, yeah 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 for digital stuff i use an amp head and a cab in the middle completely different setup and then for the left and right i'll use a different guitar and i'll use the same settings but i'll change the cab change the ir yeah and yeah. it kind of it kind of builds roughly what my guitar sounds like live i don't know why it just happens that way you know just one of those unanswerable things but yeah yeah you know um what was i saying about brian oh yeah the yeah, talent of music is stronger yeah. south it's because all the colleges are there, so naturally it's all better. You yeah. Know? Just by rule of thumb. I'm not saying it's a def. This is not a definite. No, thing, no. Know? But the problem with that is that there's just so much like pig, ig pig ignorance that no one comes out to shows. So you go like, man, Brighton's happening, and I go, it's not. No one goes to shows in Brighton. Yeah. No one goes to shows in Brighton, man. That's why. So there was some fucking great venues in Brighton. The oh, Sumo, the Concord Two is the best sounding venue in the in the UK. Right. You know. Right. It is like I tell everyone: if you ever get a chance to play there, it's hard because it's a pop, it's a big venue, but it's the best sounding venue in there. It's fucking incredible. I don't know how, don't know what it is. It's, it's such a weird venue because in the middle of it, it's got that old Victorian lift shaft that, in the day, you know, um, by law, people ha can use it as much as they want. So in the middle of this venue, there's this like Victorian lift. So I didn't people, know that. people come from up top, you know, with their babies and stuff in their prams. And um, like people sound checking metal and stuff, and this <laughs> parents that just walk across the thing into the beach, it's really funny, you know. Um, I, do you know? Do you remember an Australian band called uh, Grinspoon? No. Oh no. mate, they were it was like no. them or Silverchair at the time. Really? Yeah, and um, we opened for them. They were doing this like comeback thing because the singer was like a meth addict or something. Amazing. And um, <laughs> as they all are at some point. As, as they all are at some point. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was. He was an interesting character. The crew and the band were lovely, but he was just on stage just going, this is fucking shit. I'm in some shitty English seaside town. Fuck you. Like, that was his sound check. Wow. <laughs> and we were just like, shit. You know, like, okay. And, like, all the texts were just like, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he never spoke to me dead on. <laughs> just looked yeah, at the he only spoke to me like this. <laughs> so if i was talking to you like he would on a podcast and be going yeah absolutely true do you know what i mean this is uh how, and he would never address you from the front thing yeah you know? and um ben introduced himself to him about four times and he was like oh really nice to meet you man i hope the show goes good and he's like i've already played it like <laughs> just not there at all and when i've spoken to people about it, they go oh guy's horrible but yeah um, it's always uh, it's just bizarre isn't it <laughs> it's like 
Why are you here? Why have you come from Australia to play here? Just to slag off Brighton. Just to slag Brighton off, yeah. What, what a waste. You must hate Brighton that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. You know, <laughs> well, it was on a different planet, you know, whatever. Let's yeah. go, they're just fun rock and roll stories. But I suppose probably better wrap it up soon, dude. But let's finish. Yeah, I need to get some lunch. I'm starting to like fade. I don't have any breakfast yet, I'm like, oh. Sorry, dude. I know. Right. Well, we do uh, this like almost every day anyway. We yeah, should talk no, about mate. Just a Ride. Let's finish Just yeah, a Ride. Yeah, well, we sort of spoke a bit about it, didn't we? Like the album and stuff like that. I mean, you know we're we're so close on we're, we're it's all on a bit of fine deadline as it is with these self-release kind of stuff but it's it's great i can't i can't wait to get this bloody thing out i've been waiting to get this type of, like saying before like the passion thing you know i've been waiting to get this out for a long time you know yeah. this this thing that i've been wanting to do um for a long time and it's probably my first time i've ever felt truly kind of happy with music and what done you know in that in that you know and it's taken me this long i'm 38 years old you know what i mean it's terrible isn't it talk about you know i should have that i'll have my next album out when i'm about 70 i reckon after this. well i look forward to it man yeah but, um, don't be silly man it's you bloom when you bloom dude yeah it's weird like i've always i've always self-critical about my songwriting and and things like that but i feel really confident it's the first time i've felt really confident as you know with songs and working with this group of people right. i'm lucky because you've sent me a lot of like the demos and stuff of it and yeah and i do you that know, you know it's it's yeah. fucking great dude yeah you know how i feel about it i think it's great you know and yeah uh, I'm, i think it's got I think, massive legs you know i hope so I, like all these things you know anything i do you know you want people to like it that's why you do it you want people to go oh well, that's great or whatever it is i think especially now the dolls are on hiatus as well there's like a, a kind of grunge yeah. or alternative pocket well this is the you thing can go and that, take it yeah away. <laughs> it, that's the tough that's the tough thing we're gonna sort of have to fight is that a little bit because trying to get involved with artists that are a bit more on our level you know in those terms because again it's like you saying like when you support massive wagons it's great opportunity but fans are just like you know yeah it was so, sick because you got to place big venues and i had like this brutal doesn't mean everyone's thing like you but you people just like the wrong tour yeah so you know it's in the process of being the first track's mixed thank god like finished when's it out last night comes out in march march the so, uh, there is no exact date yet. We're delivering it at the start of March. It'll be three March. You'll, we'll, we'll announce it, you know, at the time. Um, the video is being done at the moment. So this is the thing, you know, this COVID thing has obviously been a nightmare for all artists. And how do you yeah. figure out? So we're doing the videos like individually in green screens. And, you know, it's just going to have to be done that way, unfortunately. We've delayed the album. The album initially was going to come out in sort of May, but we're, we're, we've pushed it to s September now. And I'm fine with yeah. that because it just gives us time to, you know, there's a delay in the mixing because we had some problems with where we recorded it. And, you know, you know the story about that. And then do, yeah. finding a mixer and then I've had to edit it all together. You know, that's probably why I'm even more so self-involved with it now, where it's like I've put so much, I haven't just played on this. I've, I've, you know, tried to, you know, get it together, get it mixed, sorting out the sounds for that. Because I've got a vision of how I want it to sound. Um, yeah, right. Well, you're detriment. working with Mark Roberts now. Yeah, I mean, to my own detriment sometimes, you know, I can be a bit picky, but I, I've got a sound and that's the sound I want, you know. And Mark's, you know, he's amazing. Like we, I'm so glad we got to do it like that yesterday because we had it done within 40 minutes. It was just like, yeah, that. Oh, I okay, owe a lot that. to Mark. I, I, 
he was you know one of the main reasons how i defined my sound as a as a hey, songwriter brilliant. from him you know nice to him. Big guitar sound oh god <laughs> i was like oh my play guitar and drums man and oh god he's just fucking yeah. talent but he yes we, we went through that yesterday i should get the track back today i played to the guys and and I'm, me we're not doing any more revisions now that's it i'm like that's it it's right. over done um and then um it's going to be mastered by the chap who did yours and mark said you know about 45 you know 50 yeah track. tim tim is sick he mastered deadhead and art disc uh, i'm looking forward to getting that back after it's mastered as well so i'm sure it sound a bit more again he does this great thing and you know i'm always like oh there's this thing in the tone and you're like yes uh, like tim does this thing in the low end where it's like it, i don't know it there's this thing that he does in mastering. You hear it. You heard Art Disconnect, right? You know, in Death That's Head, huge. they've got this thing in the low end where it's like low endy and thick, but it's like got clarity. That's what you want. That's what mastering is. You, you know, know and, and he'll put another compressor over it and just squish the fuck out of it. I'm sure and slam it to the wall. So I'm sure that's <laughs> all the best people uh, to do. But yeah, he, he's, he's beautiful in the low end. He's amazing. Oh, it's mate, it's a dark art mastering. I think he mixed that Reef DVD. Do you remember Reef's DVD live at Bristol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. think he mixed and mastered that. Reef, another great man. Okay, we can't talk about Reef because that's can't, another. Can't. Just a ride, just a ride, just, just right, a ride. Right, sorry. Um, so yeah, got the album cover, everything sorted like that. Um, we were talking about single covers the other day, going like, probably don't need one. No one really does them anymore. So we'll just because what will happen is we'll put the singles up, but we'll probably when the album's up, we'll take off the singles and then you've got the album then anyway. So don't do that. It affects your streaming. Keep them all there. Oh really? Okay, thank you. Fair enough. Uh, I'll tell you how I'll tell you how to sort that out. Okay, later. We'll there's, there's we'll together. So it's all going to be. We might not do a CD straight away, but um, we'll definitely do a, like a digital release first, and then crowdfund for a, for. A yeah, I think what we might do is just pre-sale pre-sale the CDs first, and then and then because that will pay for the cost of the CDs. You know, we want to do a vinyl. I don't know how many will be super limited because it costs a fortune to make vinyl. I'll help but you out with that. It's going to be, oh, cheers, dude. But there's, uh, we're doing a different color for the album. So, as in, so the album cover is yellow. It's quite bright. I won't tell you what it is, but it's quite bright and yellow. But we'll do a red version for just the vinyl. Sick. So that'd be really Sick. cool. And I like the brightness of it. You know, that's, that's, we haven't done something that's too dark and dreary. Or, you know, uh, same. That's we're doing a bit LSD. Had... It's a bit trippy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It stands so, out. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool um tim also masters for vinyl as well by the way oh brilliant well he can do that he's gonna have to do the whole record if he does this one track so you might as well keep him for the whole thing he's um, great he's great yeah he's you're here and you're going mark, mark recommended him i said to marcus did you master and he said no I'll, I'll you know recommend something you know blah blah so we'll get that back today and um the video has been shot at the moment bits and bobs shooting my bits 26th of february it will get given to the pr guy and it should be out end of march as a as a first like bam here we go Two more singles after that, album out in September. Boom. Home free. Sick, man. It's a Sick. plan. It's an actual plan. plan. That's an it's actual plan. plan. I can see that, and it's tangible. You know, our PR guy's amazing. John. John Lewis-Jones. Great guy. Really believes in the band. He's just blown away by it, and he's really like, he goes, I can't wait for people. There's people who are going to absolutely... I'm like, you sure? Dude, I'm a bit I like, said that. Sure. I said that. <laughs> do, you, do you like my riffs? Are they okay? Like, <laughs> are you fucking really serious, just, mate? A bit tame about everything, mate. Yeah, because it's Shut like, it, I don't want people to be like, I don't know. You're going to get, you're going to get some people going, yeah, it's great. You're getting glorious fans going, uh, it doesn't sound like inglorious. Mm. Oh, it doesn't because it won't because I don't write that type of music and, you know, that's, 
to me, that's not the music I want to write, you know. Um, I used to get abuse of Dire Straits fans saying... Um, yeah, oh, you don't write Dire Straits, well, your dad, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they said, you don't deserve to be in a band with Ben. And um, wow. I, I got one guy years ago, he sent me a message from, like, Argentina. Real? Just say that to someone. Why would you say that to someone? He said, I'm going to kill your family if you play a Reg Dragon. Like, I was like, would... what? <laughs> why would you go up to someone and go, like... You're a cock. If you ever do that, like something, say something a completely out of order, and two totally unreasonable. They should the people like that should be in a mental home. He literally like, said, and I blocked him. Home. I blocked him, and then <laughs> he sent me another message from a different profile saying, "You can't get rid of me that easily." And I was Man, like, "That just sounds like some mad obsessive." And he and he was just like, "If you play your red strat again, I'll kill you and your family." I was like, "Yeah, what? I would have taken that to the police and gone bye bye." I was I was a bit kind of like uh it's frightening mate it's frightening that's a bit weird right Jesus Christ like and I can't do much about it because I was bought a, a red and white strat when I was a kid when I was 10 and it's like my oldest what do you want to do play money for nothing <laughs> well yeah they wanted to they used to get annoyed at Ben for playing and being on the drums yeah that's bizarre like people so obsessed with Martin Offler yeah, they yeah. They, honestly, you should see. But even then, we're, even now, Ben sends me a message going, "Check, check what this guy's just sent me." Does that, and I'm like, "Wow, wow." Are you guys, are you guys, good now? You're all right. Yeah, yeah, we're good, man. We're good. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are good. Um, we you know, we chat and we chatted over it um, just before Christmas, and um, we're, we're all good. You know, we, we've been me and Ben have been through more stuff than most people are in a relationship you can't, you, throw, you can't just throw away friendships like that they just you know no you know um i haven't spoken to um to joe yeah. i've left the door open i was like it's up to you if you're going to talk to me bro That's um fine. but um um but you know I, there's things that i i regret saying and doing and there's lots of things that ben regrets saying and doing and it you know he said like you know we're more than just friends we're family and i said we are you know and i said i don't want to stop the band and he was like, I don't want to stop the band either. And I was like, shall we just carry on the band? He went, yeah, let's just carry on the band. So I was like, are you going to carry oh, on? We are going to carry on. Yeah. But just, just taking some time off and I've, well, I've got this up. Breather, and then you can, then you can just reassess and go, do you want to, you know, actually tour a uh, disconnect and do it properly and then do that. And then you I can... think that's what we will do. I think we'll come back in a year or two when, because also as well, I've got yeah, this well, passion no project do I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. You know. No one can do anything. And it's like, and when you go on tour, you're taking me out on tour with you, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, well, actually, that's the funny thing is because we're going to take Billy out with Diva. Are they finished? We, we... I don't know if they're going anymore. I don't. Oh, really? I don't think he's got a band left. I spoke to him. Um, I asked him because he's joined another band called Vega um, or something, and he was saying, "I said, are you not doing Diva anymore?" He said, "Well, he said like Phil's. I think someone's only a kid, and such as going to uni, and such as, and it's just all bit kind of like it's not like it's." broken up he just because it is his thing uh i just think it's just a bit kind of like oh, he doesn't know what to do with it and that's a shame because that's uh, a great that was a great record record is i gave it to him he did that that was on him being sacked from certain bands yeah. and uh he um i gave it to him for doing that actually there was a lot he got a lot of stick for that by a certain someone and um yeah because it was all about his singing and shit wasn't it that mate he was talking yeah. about it's like Billy's a great singer. He's a fucking great guitar player and songwriter. You don't need so. to be a great singer. You just got great melodies and write and have personality and 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 just write great songs. Like you know, it's like what do you think Dave Grohl's like best singer in the world? No, but his music is just 
wider wider millions of people going to see him you know it's like the thing is though it's like it comes down to this and we said this when i had you in my at my students is like is it good yes or no yeah that's all it that's is. all it comes uh, down to mate just like i say it's just me you like it you like it it's great yeah. if you don't that's cool yeah. too it's you like know, people, no, some people no have said to me ah like, oh, dude yeah it's like people like well how do you feel about writing it more music for this other project that you're doing and i'm like i feel great because i'm i'm a songwriter and with how to disappear and never be found is a take on men the title is a take on mental health you know how to like yeah. disappear in yourself and never be found you know and um it's got like a concept and a message and it's got like this pattern and i get to you know i have to get you to do some guitaring on it dude you know and, yeah yeah totally. and i said i'd um, edit it for you as well if you want oh yeah of course you know i'll get um the cool thing with something like that is um there's no one to I, there's no management with it there's no this and that with it you know it it trundles on i doubt it will ever play live you know it trundles on by people who are fans of what i do as a brand the nikki smash brand how i got this podcast and i do all the other bits and pieces and yeah. people help me you know i'm very transparent with it none of it goes in my pocket it just helps the project carry yeah. on you know exactly that's a brilliant idea mate Absolutely you know, brilliant i'm idea. really excited for it i'm really happy for it just as excited as that disconnect does it sound anything like it not a fucking chance it sounds nothing like why it. would you repeat yourself there's no point exactly in i've done that thing i said that to the guys i said guys for the next album you know what we're doing i said eight we're strings gonna strip it. <laughs> sorry eight said, strings no I said, the way we're going to record it is going to be completely different next time. I said, next time we record it, I'm going to have two mics on the drum kit. We're going to do a left and right, one vocal and a bass, and we're going to mix it like that. I said, I'm, I'm just getting sick to death of just where it's all going. Like sometimes I was listening to one of my favorite bands, they call it Eleven. And it was like Alan Johannes. We were talking about. It. Did you watch mine and Rod's funny little podcast we did the other day? I haven't watched it yet. I know, but it looked it. wicked. That I need. Yeah, to start we, on should, it. we were yeah. sort of experimenting with it. It's really good. We want to, oh yeah, I was going to talk to you. We want to get you on as well. Oh and, fuck yeah. Um, yeah! And do a song like we're going to do a silver chest song and do an acoustic version in, of your choice, by the way. And um, oh yes. And um, and Tune in the brand. <laughs> Well, maybe something, maybe tomorrow or something. Just something, something. Come on, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just, come on, mate. Got some weird B side. Yeah, <laughs> get your harpsichord out. Like you know, yeah. come on, man. Like, like we're not here yet. Asylum. Asylum. Ah, oh, great song. No one knows it, but it's my favorite song. Fuck, it's the but, best um, one. He opened fucking open with that on Diorama. I was like, Jesus Christ, Fuck. Like, ballsy B side. But um, he um, sorry um, I see, fucking I'm in Diorama now. Oh, dude, the thing is, like, we've been trying to say goodbye for twenty minutes. <laughs> Uh, I've got to go. I need to eat food. I'm same here, dude. I'm like falling over. I'm like, okay, know, when's man. this going to end? You know, I know. I got, and I got to meet Rod at three, and then I've got to teach for like two hours. And yeah, I'm lecturing at three. It's like twenty past one now, and uh, I I've still to... got to finish up lecturing. I've still got to finish prepping, mate. Yeah. Right, come on, let's end it now. So let's. Finish. Okay, so so basically, so we've had three. We've had a power surge. We've had yeah. internet disruptions. Yeah. Nothing has stopped us. Nothing has stopped us. <laughs> I just pray that it's all properly recorded. If not, it's just going to be, oh really, my God, it's yeah, gonna be we'll a really weird 45-minute podcast. MC yeah, podcast. So, yeah. so, Drew, where can people find you on socials? Uh, so, my socials, my personal socials are mm -hmm. Drudo Music. Right. At Drudo Music, um, which is the same on Facebook, I think. Yeah, it should be. Uh, I hope so. Um, and um, I don't use Twitter, so sorry I'm not on that, but God forbid. No um, one uses Twitter. 
No one's talking. And what is this? Two thousand three. Right? Yeah, yeah, come on, mate. And uh, yeah, just on, a mate. ride. Where where can we find just a ride? Yeah, everything's. Um, I think I think there's a split on those ones, but um, it's uh, just. Oh my God, one sec. This is terrible. Sorry, I'm just gonna. I think it's either just a ride page because I stole that from chairpage dot dot um. Yeah. Oh yes, chair page. Chair page. And it had the worst off. flash player intro in the door. Flash page. Like seven hours later, does it work? Like, yeah, yeah. And it just crashed your computer uh, just because you know. Uh, well, it might be under Rod might have changed it. That was all to keep it all in coherent. Um, My new one's a mess. It's like how to how to disappear and never be found. And oh, sorry, like, just the right band. Just the right band. There you go. So just the right band. You've got a single coming out in a month. Nice. First single from our, well, it's not the first thing from a debut record because we had I Want to Know that came out um, last year. But we've sort of, that has just got legs, man. That thing just keeps going, that song. So I'm it's like, a fucking great song. Fucking great, you know. And we've sort of released some little acoustic things and bits and bobs, just anything to keep the social media presence going, you know. Oh, yeah. And dude. then uh, it's just a nightmare. Rod's really good at that. Uh, and then that's why we're doing the podcast thing. But the first track from the new record was going to be called Razor. Sick. Uh, Do we know what the album's called? Can you tell us what the album's nah, called? Self-titled. Oh, I like I that. Admit, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of pressure on that. Yeah, just because we were like going to use the name from the band, uh, track from the record, but I'm just like, I don't know. Let's just go self-titled because we were ooming and ahhing and it's taking ages to get the album covers. I'm just like, you know what? Here we are. Doop. You know, bang. There we go. So, I like um, that. Well, that's fine. Go with self-titled. Number one. As it were, number one, yeah, yeah. First yeah. one, the it might jar be my, one. might be <laughs> it might be like yeah, like Zeppelin stuff, but it might be my only one. No, but, no, 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 I'm but, sorry, I'm not having that. No, but no, but do you know what I mean? Like, if it is, I'm okay with that. And I'm well, really, then you and me are making a band, then. Yeah, exactly. But every you should write every album like it's your last. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, well, every seen. album like it's the 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 final bit of creativity you've ever got a swan do. song every album should be a swan song absolutely mate you should go for that like not this kind of like oh it's all right it's just like a passing third record like what would you no, do why would you do that yeah <laughs> it's right every album like it's the best album you could possibly write ever 100 percent, dude and, and it's the best it's the best that i can be at the moment does that make sense like, yeah that's, that's beautiful the, yeah. what i i can convey you know and yeah how i want music to be for me you know and hopefully other people will be like yeah i get it well they might yeah. not you know that's but sick man i'm really really looking forward to it actually coming out in september because we haven't we're the problem is we're hearing the mixes back in dribs and drabs because mark's really busy so we're yeah. doing it just in like these three singles dribs and drabs and then we're going to do the rest of the record so it is what it is we just got to go with that um i'm happy to do it because it sounds great you know and um yeah so totally man and uh where can we find you with um you know if anyone doesn't know you're now boy george and culture club's guitar player oh yeah you're in culture club mate well i'm not in culture i'm like the hired gun for hired. it that, that's pretty cool man because like dude like so in some... the band it's not like i'm in the pictures like, yeah. you know, i'm not part of culture club there is a band culture club it's just they which hat would you wear if you were <laughs> which hat I love George, honestly. Great guy. Like, he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant guy. Do you reckon he'd come on here? Do you reckon he'd come on the Nicky Smash show? No, I don't know him that well. <laughs> I've got a relationship. I've got, like, Damn a it, relationship with him, but I haven't got a person. You know, it's like, I don't yeah, know. I, know what you mean. I think if I toured with him, um, I'll probably get to know him quite well and stuff. But he's a, he's a great guy. Um, just a lovely bloke. He's been in the industry for a long time. He's an icon of 
pop music and god yeah you know absolute privilege to be even asked to play in that situation um and there's gonna be a lot of touring with that at some point uh in when it all again you know as and when when it all comes back when the world starts Um, spinning again yeah and it's cool because it's a different type of touring it's that kind of oh it's a bus oh Oh, everything's a jet (laughs) no there is there is a jet yeah yeah yeah. and uh and things like that and and touring american something i've I've always wanted to do that's great that's great on a on a a different level you know like in a you know where it's like oh wow cool like rather like like how you imagine it as a kid this yeah that that kind of rather than the um the splitter van uh, as everyone gets the flu and you know and sharing and and you're stuck in switzerland (laughs) you have to take b vitamin shots and vitamin c tablets in the morning on tour and that just, they taste just like, like eat healthily try not to get too drunk and sleep well you know um don't get insomnia so yeah. um but and then you know i'm not shunning that it's part of the journey mate it it's is, part yeah. of what it is and i i actually i love all that stuff as much as i love all the other types you know all, it all has place you know yeah great it's just a bit you know the older you get the less you know <laughs> it's like just hurts a bit more physically. It just hurts a bit more. My back, man. Back. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Like I was saying, I've got you know RSI here. You know, I've got a bloody yeah, thing on just to I've use a mouse. Can I even, just uh, couldn't even move a mouse the other day. It was I awful. Just, oh, mate. I've just bought a foam roller for my back because my posture is a bit like that, and that's why it's problems with my arm because it's all kind of connected. And... Can we just go and can we go and do like loads of drugs or something and be cool? You know, do something like that. Not anymore, Instead mate. Of... I can barely have a beer you know dude i get a couple of coffees and i'm like oh i've got a dicky ticker yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like that now yeah absolutely absolutely oh my oh, god come dude. on let's wrap this up because i've got right. to go drew thank you so much for your time man. Mate, amazing great. thank you I so mean, much i you say thank you for your time but... chop it down you nah, know fuck that you know, you know, <laughs> you know every 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 word is gold my friend um this is people don't realize like we've become such good friends over the last couple i've become years amazing mates I, mean, I, I i've never physically met you that's the funny thing right because of the world and it's in and because of our touring schedules we become the bestest of friends and we've never met each other yeah when we meet i think we might cry and hug oh god uh, yeah i don't even know what you smell like oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> i oh, smell dude. like if you ask my wife i smell like oud i smell like a forest because i clean the myself i wash every day <laughs> Yeah, same here. I've got a thing with Ooh, that. Like. And cedar oak or something, you know. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm more of like a vanilla guy. Yeah, like, that's all right. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe vanilla and oak. Like old spice, you know, like. <laughs> I'm like a pine forest, me. Oh, God damn. I can't. Right, that's it. Like, we need to stop talking. We'll stop yeah, there. We're talking shit now. So. Drew, thanks so much, man. Hey, and, thank um, you. Uh, we'll probably get another podcast in about four months yeah. anyway. Yeah, I'll be fine. Next week, same thing. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. See you later, <laughs> Take it easy, man. See you, buddy. Bye.